This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Of course, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Mark. And, uh, by the way, some of the features on the website include actually allowing you to control the content of the site itself. So if you head on over to freetalklive.com, you'll see that there are different items all over the front page there. And the uh, the most votes an item gets, the more likely it is to make it to the top and the front of the website. And you get to submit items to the site as well. So maybe it's a YouTube video, maybe it's a news uh, post or a blog or something like that you submit it other listeners vote you get to vote on things as well and the most voted up make it to the front so go and get interactive over at freetalklive.com now uh we're going to jump right into your phone calls here and then mark you've got something that you're very proud of that uh, yes. you wanted to share with me because i haven't heard this yet uh, and the rest of the audience so but first we go to nick in illinois on the amp lines nick you're on free talk live hello Hi. Last night I called about the public nudity issue, but we didn't have time to get into it. Okay. Uh, the standard right now is that the burden is on the nude person to protect others from their nudity or sexual activity or whatever it is that is considered inappropriate. But I want to broaden that topic more generally to the homesteading principle, because I think that that is where the questioning inevitably leads. I'd say it comes down to a question of what kinds of things one considers to be homesteadable. Like, uh, I personally would say that a that quote-unquote decency rights are homesteadable the same way as uh, rights for obnoxious noises and smells. Uh, Meaning like uh, if you, for instance, set up a, as far as noises are concerned, if you set up a speedway and you're in the middle of uh, nowhere and there's nobody around, then essentially somebody that builds a house across the street from the speedway can't complain about there being noise there because, well, they built a house across from a speedway, they'd homesteaded that area for noise. Yeah, exactly. And in the case of public decency, uh, I guess it would be like if a guy who likes to sit naked on his front lawn in the middle of a house nowhere in Montana has been doing that for ages before a suburb suddenly gets built around him, we would say that he homesteaded the right to sit naked on his front lawn, wouldn't we? I would say that makes sense. I tend to agree with you on this one, Nick. Yep. And I, okay. I'm, I'm not exactly for folks wandering around naked, but if, you know, if a guy goes out and every morning that his practice is on his front lawn, uh, you know, off of his deck to, uh, you know, to drink a cup of coffee while standing in, and you know, the way God created him, then, you know, and people decide that they're going to build houses somewhere near that. I, see, I can see how it might come as a shock that first morning to them, but hey, you know, I mean... Uh, Old old Frank's been doing this for years. Maybe you should have learned a little something about the area you were building in. Before you can't you know to everything, but I don't think that it's incumbent upon this guy to change. I think yeah. that Nick has a very strong case uh, for on, homesteaders. Mark, we all know you wouldn't complain if your next door neighbor was a young lady who go, went out to get her uh, mail uh, in the buff every single day. Uh, you know, the, and this is one of the things about nudity is the people that wish to get nude are rarely the ones that you <laughs> wish to see nude. <laughs> That's an excellent point, Nick. That's an excellent point, Mark, too. Yeah, but let's make it uh, a little bit murkier. What if the guy only started doing the naked on the front lawn thing after there were people around to see him? Yeah, yeah, I think that that uh, that gets that that's it's a tougher issue. It if depends. he's not in a deed restricted neighborhood, as far as I'm concerned, it's none of their damn business what he does on his front lawn. 
You know, I think that uh, at, I think at that point, sort of civil society dictates that the homesteading, that the that the status quo goes to the cl- wearing of clothing. Um, if he was doing Whoa, it a, a minute, ahead of what? time. No, it's, it goes to private property and your ability to do what you please on your private property. Yeah, but, but you if would you advocate... If you are worried about this, get into a deed-restricted neighborhood. Why are you trying to control everybody? You can go to an area that's where That's what deed-restricted like, commu- neighborhoods would be like. That's I where would, you can go then. No one would want to live in the neighborhood you talk about, dude. You might be surprised. <laughs> Nobody would want to live there. Okay. Nobody. We'll At the very out. least, the deed-restricted w- restriction would be you're not allowed to copulate on your front lawn. <laughs> And throw your old couches away. Well, I imagine whatever applies to public decency would also apply to things like noise rights. It's like, would it be different if the guy started, uh, started no, like built a factory in his backyard and made a lot of noise instead of, instead of public nudity? I would say that that'd be a, a huge issue. So if you've got a house and you've been living in a quiet little uh, neighborhood, a guy moves in and decides to build a, uh, you know, a, a garbage processing plant that works at uh, you know, 300 decibels at the property line, yeah, well, that's, a, that's an infringement on my property. At that point, then you are emitting uh, sound waves onto another person's property. That much is true, but violating. everybody admits sound waves. My neighbors shoot guns. Should I be able to uh, say anything to them? Well, they've homesteaded that, see? You moved into an area where people were shooting guns already. Same but thing they stopped, you... and then they started again. Well, whatever. But the point being that there's a clear difference between someone being naked in their front yard and somebody you know, doing a, a clangity-clang things well, at all hours of the day and look, night. Look, people that are naked are reflecting light rays into my <laughs> eyes. I mean, people that are yelling yes, are they're not... sending sound waves into my ears. Mm-hmm. I mean, either one's an assault on my senses, no, right? No, it's not true. Uh, then you would have to blame the sun uh, in that case, Mark, for the light waves reflecting as opposed to the person emitting the sound waves. So you're, you're saying if my the... neighbor sets up a, um, a, a magnifying glass that catches the sun and burns my house down, that he hasn't done anything that, wrong? That, it's the sun's fault? No, because then he is you are amplifying. An person. Then he's amplifying. He's the only sun's reflecting race. it. With a magnifying glass? No, that would be amplifying it by pointing it all in the same uh, same area. Well, fine, he's reflecting it. it. It's, it's still an action. Both of them are actions. Mm. Nick, your thoughts? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I haven't even gone there. <laughs> but uh, but uh, um, am I speaking loud enough this time? You sound fine to me. Go ahead. Okay. No, because uh, Mark coached me about this previously. Uh, yeah, the homesteading principle, the reason I bring this up is because I listened to Free Talk Live yesterday, and my brother walked by, and what was being talked about started a conversation about the homesteading principle. And uh, my brother's not a libertarian or voluntarist or anything, so when I talk with him about these ideas, I wind up going over ground that I haven't thought of in a long time. Mm. And that, that's how we got to questions of, like, um, you know, is it possible for someone who's an early adopter of a new broadcast technology to build a huge broadcasting tower and forcibly homestead the entire spectrum of that technology over a huge land area? Classical questions like that over how much labor it takes to mix with something to homestead it. That sounds really expensive, like as far as just the, the power and the equipment necessary to homestead the entire broadcast spectrum. Yeah, I don't but think that's really within let's say reach. it was actually kind of easy. I'm sorry? I mean, hypothetically, let's say it was actually really easy, and now all of a sudden this one person has homesteaded the entire spectrum of some imaginary new technology over an entire landmass. Is that legitimate? 
even though other people could make better use of that. Well, you would have to, for one, I mean, we know that that's not true because there are a lot of people that have already, uh, I mean, you're starting from zero and we're not starting from zero. We're starting from today. And so we already know that people have homesteaded. The theory would be you'd go somewhere where no one lives and you'd set up this tower and you'd homestead this area. That's the question, right? I mean, again, we're going to really ludicrous uh, what if scenarios, but what do you think, Nick? I mean, what is your answer there? Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know the answer because it also goes into questions of like, uh, land ownership. Uh, I've heard this talked uh, about before about, you know, you can't just go up on a mountaintop, look at everything you survey. And if nobody owns it, you can, you can't just say, I claim all this land for myself, Mm -hmm. but there is some point, some reasonable point in there where the amount of labor you mix with the land makes it yours. And I've never had a very clear idea on what what that point is. Well, it's difficult to talk about homesteading of land these days because there's really not much land that is unowned. I mean, you can talk about government land. They're going to pretend like they own it um, if you try to homestead their land. But, you know, the other land sort of deeded and and owned. The moon is unhomesteaded. Well, that's why we were talking about Spectrum. Uh, which his question is about, you know, the radio spectrum and, and homesteading that. And I would say that these are these are areas that are great questions. They're good things to think about. I don't think there are any real firm answers. And I think it'll be interesting to see how the market decides, if we ever do get to having a free market world, how the market decides to uh, to handle these conflicts. So, for instance, if you've got this guy who's homesteaded the spectrum, and I go and I set up a transmitter somewhere more toward the outside edge of his transmitter, and I start uh, doing something there and essentially compete with it in that same range somehow you know how would the market arbitrators decide this would it be based on were there any people in my area receiving his transmissions who were you know taking a service from him that were somehow interrupted by my service etc i think one of the problems with this kind of theoretical thing is it's difficult to come up with answers and then sometimes people will say well i can't come up with an answer libertarianism must not work now see the market figures all of these things out if we just let it try thanks for the call nick appreciate it we're coming up it's free talk live Bitcoins. You can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. You can accept them for your own products and services. But what do you do once you have them? Why you spend them, of course. SpendBitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From SpendBitcoins.com, you can spend your Bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, memory dealers, and more. When you want to spend Bitcoins, go to SpendBitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up what you want. It's 800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, once again, that's freetalklive.com. And the features include, by the way, the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are listeners of this program. Shrine.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. I listen to a lot of audio content, whether it's radio or podcasts, and I want to tell you about a podcast I think that you really enjoy. Verbalsurgery.com. Tim Cummins, the the guy who does this, he has a way of uh, sort of getting into your head and making you feel good. I listen to this podcast because it makes me feel better. It is uh, it, it it has some kind of subliminal messages that make you feel 
good. And uh, when you listen to it, I think you'll feel better. We love our listeners. Uh, listen to this podcast, verbalsurgery.com. You'll be happy that you did. It's verbalsurgery.com. All right. So once again, 800-259-9231. We continue with you and your thoughts. And we go to Diana listening in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Diana. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I want to talk, discuss uh, police corruption in America. Sure. There's sure <laughs> a lot of that to talk about. Go ahead. Yeah, there seems to be, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we'll start with, uh, you know, New Orleans, I believe, uh, one of their own kind of turned them all in. What was this now? I'm not familiar. Um, during Hurricane Katrina, uh, a police officer stopped on a retarded man. Oh, dear. And um, they uh, beat up a bunch of, uh, you know, people that were just trying to get out of the city. And, um, you know, it went to court. But, uh, you know, of course, the officers were like, we didn't do anything wrong. But, uh, but then uh, one of their own... Um, basically came forward and told the truth hmm wow that's unusual and and what did he say he said yeah this guy beat up this uh this these people or these folks hurt innocent yeah, people he said yes the, the police officer that i worked with because he was a police officer too mm-hmm. so well i it is but unusual that's not what, what i want to talk about, about. <laughs> but did did you feel like that was because he was being charged with something and so he was trying to lessen the amount of uh, penalty that he was facing, or did he just do this on his own because he saw the light and did the right thing? He did the right thing and saw the light. Wow, that's outstanding. I'm glad to hear about that. So you said that wasn't what you wanted to talk about? No, what I want to talk about is my rights have been violated by the police. All right. In what way? Um, they came to my house and did an illegal seizure. I was held against my will. Um, I was on. Uh, fully uh detained i was uh you know questioned i i was uh held in a little uh room for hours and what was their claim Um, as to why they came to your home um their claim was that five to ten pounds of marijuana was here and that's not true because videotape doesn't lie you know how that goes so what did they find when they came there did they find anything at all um, they found, um, I believe, five ounces of weed. Okay. And that was their reason for taking my boyfriend's property and my property. It's horrible. And there's no shortage to, uh, to stories like this where people who have not harmed anyone else are being harassed and having their lives torn apart. Do you have kids? I never had kids, and I've never been married. But the sad part about it is two and a half years later, you know, I'm still being harassed by the police. Mm-hmm. Did you go to court on and the I did five do ounces? Wrong. Pardon me? Did you go to court on the five ounces? Um, the, you don't get it. They lied about what was here. They're not going to go to court and say I had five ounces. Then they admit to lying, right? Right. To lying about what? Whether they the had five pounds. About the five. evidence. So they're claiming that they found five to ten. They they claim that they found five to ten pounds and only found five yeah. ounces. Or are you saying that they uh, they they just took the five ounces? I I'm, I'm a they, little. They they, they uh, found five ounces. I told you. Yeah. Right. You asked me what they really found, and I I told you the truth. Right. Now the truth is, they were so busy robbing my boyfriend and me, they didn't realize we had video surveillance. Oops. Mm-hmm. I see. 
Huh? I see. Right. I'm, I'm just trying to follow all this. So they took your five ounces of weed and they didn't charge you with anything? Um, I was charged. Uh, they didn't tell me why I was charged with. <clears throat> and I got arrested. Mm-hmm. But just because you're arrested doesn't mean you're charged. It's unusual that that happens. But yeah, okay. I see where you're coming from. Certainly they have uh, dropped charges after an arrest or decided to uh, not process or, or whatever and just release somebody. So so you never had to go to court for this, this police raid? Um, no. Um, and... Uh, also, uh, things are going to go to court, except I'm going to take it to court. I'm going to take it to federal court because they violated my boyfriend's rights, they violated my rights, and it's all on videotape. And I've been videotaping their bullshit. Oh, we've got to let you go. Thanks for the call. You can't say that word on the radio, uh, but I appreciate hearing from you. And I do understand the frustration with the police. Uh, frequently, they do uh, you know, tell you things that are BS. Uh, they do lie. And they are, in many ways, very dishonest. They can be dishonest. And They're allowed to be dishonest. They're trained yeah. to be dishonest. You know, Tell lies to get the person to admit... To what they've done or something like that, which, uh, you know, it it seems to me like the fruit of the fo- poison tree. It, it seems to me that our public servants shouldn't be able to tell lies. So, uh, you know, I wish her the, the best of luck with her case. I, I mean, if, if she was never brought up on charges and the cops took five ounces of pot out of her home because she had video cameras and that caught them doing something naughty, then that's it could have been a lot worse, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, always good to have video uh, on the premises, whether it's some sort of a surveillance system or even, even just a camera in your hands, because it makes a difference. And, you know, it's also nice to have neighbors who love uh, the ideas of liberty as well. And, you know, we're not quite to that point here in New Hampshire, but boy, wouldn't it be cool, Mark, to someday have like a neighborhood with a bunch of liberty lovers in it, where if somebody's you know, being harassed, uh, somebody just has to leave their house and go a couple houses down to get to that, uh, to the destination of uh, wherever the harassment is going on, sure would be convenient. Well, it'd be also convenient that uh, you know, it, it, you know, it's it, this the idea of having cameras is huge. If you can prove what you say, then you're a heck of a lot farther off, farther along than most folks. Well, that's the reason why. If you went to, uh, for, for instance, the video footage. I don't know if we've announced this yet. The video footage from Pete Nadamo's trial, where they were found not guilty for uh, wiretapping for when they were recording the police down mm-hmm. in Greenfield, New Hampshire, and recording uh, jail guards, or excuse me, Greenfield, uh, Massachusetts. Anyway, the uh, the footage is up over at freekeen.com. Just scroll down a little bit and you'll find two different videos. It's it's the it's not the full length trial. It's been a, you know, kind of an edited version down to about 25 minutes or so. There is going to be the full length one that will be posted at some point. It takes longer to kind of upload that and, and process through it. Uh, but that the uh, the shorter version is there and you can watch them successfully defend themselves against this wiretapping charge. Because the video existed, had it just been their word against the police, they would have gone down. You can they would that. have gone to jail. Yeah. And it's because there was video, and in their case, two videos. There were actually video from both cameras in that particular case. But I think they only used one video in court. But either way, the more video you can have, the better off you are. Especially having more than one camera makes sense. Because then if one of them malfunctions, or the cops break it, or something happens to it, having a backup or even a backup audio recording could be literally a lifesaver. Meaning you'll save some of your life being inside a cage. 800-259-9231. You can take control. 1-800-259-9231. And you never know, a camera might actually stop a cop from getting violent. There is that possibility as well. It's Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. 
The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high visibility three dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at Ruger.com slash LC9. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features there free, uh, so enjoy those. And news updates are included, so if you would like to be kept in the loop regarding Free Talk Live, just go to news.freetalklive.com, and you can get signed up there for free. Follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook, whatever works best for you. That's news.freetalklive.com. Ruger has some exciting new offerings for this model year. The LC9 is a slightly larger cousin to the very popular LCP. It's compact. It has numerous safety features, a three-dot sight system. Ruger always has and always will mean rugged. The Ruger LC9, the next handgun you must own. It's made in America and made for you. You can go see it at Ruger.com. Pick it up at your local gun dealer, Ruger.com. So, uh, coming up, we're going to uh, clue you in about national service. Yes, it's back in the news. Uh, and we'll tell you in what way here in a little bit. But first, Mark, you wanted to share something that apparently you came up with uh, recently uh, on your Facebook profile. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I wrote a uh, actually I wrote a little article and I did uh, put it up on on Facebook as a, um, and a couple of other places. And I, I wanted to sort of share it with people. This is something that uh, you know it took me a long time to kind of come to grips with. Um, you know, we what we talk about on Free Talk Live is, uh, you know, a future theoretical society where there is, uh, you know, a great deal more freedom or perhaps there is no sort of monopolistic government that controls basically every aspect of your life. But people often get hung up on a few different areas. Uh, well, the government, we, we have to have the government to run this. What, some of those areas are often cops, courts, roads. And the military. Sure. I think a lot of people are in that in that place. Yeah. They can see where government can be reduced in many ways, but there are some things that are just – Got to have it for They're the, holy. They're untouchable. Right. And one of the ones that I had the hardest time dealing with is the military. Cops are a relatively new phenomenon, frankly, um, in the, the world scene. And um, you, know, you can get your own uh, protection services in the past, and you know, people can see how that might work. Uh, roads. There are lots of private roads in the United States that you can point to that say, hey, this works. Uh, yeah, justice – I'd say is a murky one, but we people understand that justice is really broken in the United States when your chances of being found not guilty when you are charged with a crime are 0.1 percent. It's incredible. Well, anybody I mean, that's ever dealt with the justice system knows what it's all really about. Right. So, you know, it's all about extracting money yeah. from you, and that's what it's about. But military, lots of people, tried and true military you know, folks out there, and I mean, I, I absolutely have felt this way in, in the past, but I do think that it's possible that the, uh, you know, the, the, this, this world that we're talking about, this kind of fantastic future, uh, I don't know if it's fantastic, but this, this future of sort of polycentric governments than the landmass formerly known as the United States 
um, having protection services and providing them. And I wrote an article to um, honestly in response to what somebody said. So you might get a, a feel for that in here. But um, I just want to make it clear that this is a kind of a theoretical future that we're talking. Is this about. something you wrote in response to one of those Republican lists that you're on? Yes, I love okay. those things. So <laughs> I think we can all agree that the world is moving towards more personal liberty and that that's preferable. And that freedom is better than coercion. Usually you can get people in on this, uh, this ground floor of this mm-hmm. idea. So let's talk about liberty and protection. I'm sure you remember the old Franklin quote that uh, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Folks have kind of changed over the years and said, and we'll get neither. But uh, the, the actual quote is that. And it actually is a Franklin quote because I've heard it attributed to Jefferson or Washington. I've heard it attributed to other places too. I have ch- I ran it down and um, the it Franklin wrote it. He wrote it in quotation marks, mm-hmm. and so one could say that he's quoting someone else. But he didn't but cite. It wasn't any anywhere else. So gotcha. that's kind of when you're doing historical quoting, you know, you kind of figure out where was it first seen. Mm-hmm. Franklin is the answer. So. One of the several scenarios that really confront those that advocate for complete liberty is how do we protect ourselves from a foreign invader question? There are several important points to be made here. And generally, there are two types of wars. There's a war of conquest and a war of retaliation. Uh, Wars of retaliation would mostly be eliminated by not giving the other side something to retaliate against, i.e. 9-11 occurred according to the terrorists because of the U.S.'s financial support of Israel and the U.S.'s troops supporting dictators in the Middle East. Hold on now. Wouldn't there also be a defensive war? I mean, you you said – Is that a war? I mean, well, I mean, it, if you're defending your country, they might be calling it a war at that point. It's, at that point, it's, it's a, a war it's in a Iraq. War of, okay, I said it was a war of conquest and a war of retaliation. What would if you if somebody was uh, you know having a war of conquest? What would the other person be doing? They would be defending. Okay, fine. Right. So, um, so let, you're let's at not it from muddy the, the water. You're here. looking at it from the aggressor's perspective. I'm looking at it okay. the point of view of people that study wars and what they call them. These oh, are the two types. I don't know what they call them. I don't study <laughs> the wars, war of aggression so. and the war yeah. of conquest. Got it. <laughs> okay. There are two very notable instances of private funding for conflicts in U.S. history. People are amazed that this could happen. Really? You can you can fight a war without uh, the government intervention? The IRA and the American uh, the Armenian-Turkish conflict, both of these, they did fundraising here in the United States, mostly among Irish and Armenians that are in the right. United States, for their particular side over in uh, Ireland and Armenia, and you know it was it was shown that this could work. Both of these showed that people could uh, that believe strongly enough in a struggle would be willing to fund that struggle. Hmm. But it presents a problem of trying to retaliate effectively against the people of Armenian descent in a geographic landmass formerly known as the United States of America without bringing down the ire of a bunch of other groups upon itself, like Turkey can't attack the United States because some Armenians in the United States supported the Armenians over there. They might try to talk their uh, politicians or something, but what can they possibly do about it? There's really nothing that can be done. Yeah, the only thing that could really – it would be really difficult for them to attack the entire landmass because then the whole area will be against them uh, versus the only way they could really do that would be to target the people they considered leaders and take them out. They could send in, um, you know, uh, assassins. assassins. Yeah, yeah. It, it's certainly possible. Um, and an assassin. But one thing that I wouldn't have to worry about if I wasn't funding a conflict over the seas, you wouldn't have to worry likely about being assassinated. Is an assassin, unless you're being mistaken for the 
It could happen. Very seems unlikely. But, you know, at this point, when you're talking about the amount of troops and the amount of people that died in 9-11, you're talking about a much smaller number of people that might be, um, you know, caught in the between assassin's bullet and Mm -hmm. the, um, you know, a person who's funding terrorism abroad or something like that. So um, the the war of conquest is a much is a bigger problem. Uh, America is truly blessed by wonderful geography. And this is important for people to understand. Canada, probably not going to attack. Mexico probably not going to attack. I mean, of course the way, not. We're great customers, right? The way that the way that we're situated, um, it makes it unlikely that we're going to be attacked by the the giant red horde uh, moving across the forty ninth parallel or whatever it is there up uh, between the United States and Canada. And another interesting side note here is Turkey recently uh, started a uh, it's called the zero Pob- problems with our neighbor policy or something like this. And the the idea was is that they're not going to get involved with conflicts. They're not going to take sides. And they're going to promote trade with their neighbors. And who is this? Turkey. Turkey. And their uh, sort of uh, political capital in the Middle East has skyrocketed. The United States has dropped. So is that kind of like a Switzerland? uh, Yeah, pretty close. Pretty close. So Turkey has seen increased uh, revenues from taxes, increased benefits to its uh, businesses. And when did they make this decision? I'm sorry if you mentioned that already. I think it's been a couple of years. I couldn't say precisely. Just a couple then. So relatively recent. Yep. The United States' popularity has dropped from 30 percent to 5% in Egypt since uh, Barack Obama came into office. People mm-hmm. had a lot of hope for him. Turns out, oh my goodness, it's Bush the third. And, right. uh, you know, as, as we predicted all along, you know, hail to the new chief, same as the old chief. And, but Turkey has seen a huge increase in its sort of political capital. So, so these- let me run down there, uh, what, what they're doing again. They're not taking sides. They're, they're opening trade routes with both sides. What, what was it again? Just run, run down. The, the, basically, Turkey's it's the zero uh, zero problems with our neighbors policy or something like this. Mm-hmm. You can look it up. I, I heard it on NPR, so I don't have any uh, uh, you know verbiage in front of me. But they're just opening up trade and you know not getting involved, not taking sides between in conflicts. They're just saying. Uh, I think that's excellent. I mean, that's really that's all you can ask for if you're going to have a, a federal government of some sort is for them to butt out. When it comes to other people's business around the world and individuals' business in, in trading with yep. other people around the world as I want well. to tell you some more reasons why the United States is very unlikely to have a land war. We'll come back with that here in a moment. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. Free Talk Live. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world, and their value seems only to be increasing. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Bitcoins are going up. Weusecoins.org. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, the place to go. We give you the features free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us. Head on over to shop.freetalklive.com. You'll find links to Amazon there. You click into the appropriate Amazon for your country, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of your sale. It's that simple. It's the same great Amazon with huge selection, great prices, free super saver shipping on a lot of their brand new items. 
it's just that you're entering through our portal, and so they cut us a portion of the profits for sending them the business. So get your shopping started over at shop.freetalklive.com. But if you're looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear, manventureoutpost.com is the place to go. They've got name brands uh, on knives, ammunition scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, all the major brands. Manventureoutpost.com, they're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and that's so important when you're, when you're shopping online. Some prices are so low that the manufacturers won't even let them be mentioned on the air. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. That 5% off should take care of shipping. It's manventureoutpost.com. So, Mark, you're addressing what you described earlier as one of the toughest issues for you to really come to grips with when it comes to the idea of having the marketplace take over whatever it is, whatever product or service uh, that the government might happen to be offering today. And one of the most kind of difficult issues, in many cases, some people might consider it untouchable almost because of its difficulty or its seeming difficulty, is the issue of the military. This idea that people have that well, you can have the government take over this and that, or you can have the, the market take over this and that. That's fine, but we can't let go of the military. I mean, who would keep us safe? There's a lot of fear surrounding that particular one, and whenever fear is being used, people are pretty easily controlled. So uh, help us wipe that away, Mark. You're sharing something that uh, I've never heard before. You wrote, you wrote this, apparently. Yeah. So there's um, there are more guns in the United States than there are people. And this is important to note. I mean, really, there are more guns in the United States than there are people. It's going to be incredibly difficult to subjugate a land where, uh, you know, everybody is armed. You can't really put... Which is why Hitler didn't invade Switzerland. Yeah, you can't can't really put troops on the ground in that circumstance. You can certainly use tanks, but one must understand that the reason that Americans can't fight off tanks is because the United States government has said that Americans can't possess weapons that might be able to fight off tanks. This is what the government does. It breaks your legs and then hands you a crutch. And that's what it's done. It's broken your legs and said that you can't possess weapons that uh, would handle a tank. And then it says, okay, we've got the weapons to handle the tank and we'll protect you. Well, that's what they say, but will they? Well, what they're going to do is they're going to strategically protect their assets. If your assets are nearer their assets, it may get blown up. It may not. It may be protected. Your assets are something expendable between the enemy and their assets. So if you get blown up in the process or your house gets blown up, let's say you're lucky enough to be at work and your kids are at school, uh, if your house gets blown up in the process of uh, you know some sort of a fight, uh, but of course the government isn't going to pay fight, for you're it. You're probably not going to be at school. But either way, uh, yeah, you're, you're, if you live through this uh, situation, you will not be able to hold them liable for the destruction that they've done. You better hope you have insurance. You better hope that insurance company is still around. Mm-hmm. That's really all it comes down to. And that's what war is all about. So fighting a land war in America is a quagmire from which a foreign oppressor could only hope to limp, limp, limp home from. Now, I'm talking about a point in the future in, in the narrative of violence. The sword and the shield will continue their little game of leapfrog into the future. But obviously, we have to work with ideas that I understand, that we understand today. So that um, I would say that we need something to handle, say, ICBMs, uh, tanks, air power. And I'm not a military expert, but I'd say that the uh, the marketplace can probably come up with something that's far more efficient and far cheaper. Well, to, duh, to cu- than a means to, to you know defend against these of things. Of course, I mean, God, I wish I could remember what the the name of the movie was, but I saw this movie with Kelsey Grammer in it uh, a long time ago, 
And I'm sure if I pull up the Internet Movie Database, I'll be able to find out what it is. But it was about them making this military panel of experts or whatever, making this vehicle that uh, – and I wish – I'm such a non-military person. I don't remember what it was called. But it was just like this ludicrous process of bureaucrats deciding uh, what to right, do. Right. It was the Bradley fighting vehicle. That was what it was. Yeah. yeah. And so like they wanted it to be so built up and armored, but then it couldn't go anywhere. And like there, there was all these requirements. And it was just this one-size-fits-all decision making process where some board of bureaucrats makes decisions and then Boeing or whoever tries to tries to put it together for them uh, rather than if the you crock duck rather than if you actually had a competitive situation in defense then you would have different companies racing to make sure that they could keep their customers the safest i mean that would result in so much more innovation it would result in prices dropping we know what competition does it works in those industries just like it does anywhere else i i, I heard an idea posited and this makes perfectly good sense to me that uh, near the end of world war 2 they had a uh, um, and i don't know anything about this is this is only what i've read and understand Please don't quote me on this. I don't know military technology, but they had a cannon that could shoot 500 miles. And I mean, it's an incredible distance, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, it's very difficult to hone in exactly where a shell lands at that point. But that doesn't really matter for my uh, statement. I don't think you could get if you turn that cannon into a shotgun. You put like a grape shot up into that. I don't think you could get an ICM, ICBM past that because it's all you'd have to, you know, you, you track it on the radar. You shoot it with this cannon. You throw a bunch of grape shot up there. One pellet on an ICBM, that's going to be it. I mean, it's it's going to tear this thing apart. And there's no reason why this thing couldn't rapid shoot. This was technology they had at the end of World War II. We're talking mm-hmm. 70 years later. So um, obviously they can come up with something that's relatively cheap to handle these these issues. The Pentagon Wars, that's the name yeah, of the that's movie, what it's by called. the way. Yep. Pretty funny stuff. You should go check it out. So I think the marketplace can come up with uh, you know far more efficient and cheaper means to protect us than the government can. Also, if there's no seat of power, this is important. If there's no seat of power, there's no place for the enemy to go and conquer. I mean, if you don't right. have a capital to conquer, then how do you conquer a nation? What will they take over? <laughs> it's, it's impossible. It, it makes it very difficult. I mean, this is the, the question that a uh, foreign aggressor needs to ask themselves is, how will we conquer a land of and, armed kings? Yeah, and how many troops will it cost you, even to just take one area? If they did decide that they wanted to take, say, Baltimore or some sort of uh, urban zone mm-hmm. – how many troops? Well, of course, if they took an unarmed place like New York City or Baltimore, I don't know what Baltimore's gun control laws are like, but if they took an unarmed area in uh, America, if they it might took be a Baltimore, easier. they'd give it back. <laughs> anyway, you see where I'm coming from, though, yes. right? Like if they actually went into an area where people had arms, they would lose significant amounts of their troops. I mean, what's it worth to them? And then I, they have to occupy? Right. Well, which really, the countryside is probably where it's, it's worse. I mean, those are where the guns are concentrated. Is, you know, in the unconcentrated oh, yeah. area, that's where the guns are. So, um, you know, you might be able to take some, uh, some, some metro areas, but you could have a heck, of a heck of a time actually taking the countryside. I mean, this would be it, it, quagmire. That's the only word you then, can come Mark, up with. I mean, think about it. If you take an, a metro area, right, all of a sudden the people in that metro are going to start wanting guns. 
Even if they sure. even if they didn't have very many guns sure before, and then you've got the guns coming in from the outside, they're going to come. They'll into be there, the city. yeah. And how do you keep them out? Uh, and then at that point, you've got a you've got an urban warfare situation on your hands, and that's a very difficult uh, <laughs> as the aggressor. It's a very difficult situation to be in. And then you ask yourself, well, how do I, as the foreign aggressor, since the government isn't there to take things away already, there's no pipeline for getting st- you know valuables from the citizenry. How do you set this up? The you have to set up the infrastructure from which to siphon off the valuables from the uh, the citizenry. It can be, right, if you've is, got a group, it's difficult. Well, citizenry is a wrong term to use. It suggests there would be citizens. People, I guess. Uh, the, yeah, the individuals. Populous. Right, uh, in that area. If you've, you're right. If you've got a group of people that is acclimated. Now, we're not, it's not like this today. We're talking about this fantasy land, right, where the marketplace has taken over the, 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 monop- yep. the violent monopoly. A future where we have polycentric governments. R- right, where we can have competition in the very, these various different areas. Um, if you've got a situation like that, then you've got people who aren't as docile and obedient. Right, they've they're been not, free their whole lives. Right, they're not used to being told what to do. They're not used to looking to the authorities for instructions. And so you come into that area and say, all right, we're in charge now. Turn in your guns. How many of them are going to listen doesn't seem very likely to me yeah. <laughs> so um you know to, to set up the scenario we have to establish some things that uh, we can all sort of agree on here and um you know i've got a list of, of things that, that i want to make sure that everybody kind of gets and understands and agrees upon and one is if everybody uh if everyone that benefits from a service doesn't pay for that service then that's not fair right like so if there's protection from the lowest protection services that protect the lowest to the highest and those people all of in between don't pay for that service it's not fair but i want to you know life's not fair that's you know i'll I'll confront it in a second people and second people are going to want protection from foreign invaders enough to pay for it even if others don't especially the rich and the business owners because they have more to protect get more invested sure we'll come back uh with this here in a moment mark maybe you should consider doing more than just posting this on your facebook profile i'd have to clean it up for rockwell.com for instance i don't know i mean I, i wouldn't even know how to do that Send it to Lou. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control. You can bring up anything. Hour two's next. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes feed the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. Now, Mark, uh, to bring our listeners up to speed who have just perhaps tuned in uh, at the beginning of this hour, what have we been talking about? Well, um, I wrote an article and I'm, you know, just kind of outlining the articles about this sort of theoretical future. We talk here on Free Talk Live about uh, the ideas of uh, liberty and what could the marketplace do 
in place of, of sort of a monopolistic government that uh, dictates how much people pay towards the military, what we buy for the military, what, how we're protected, uh, how that military is employed, that kind of thing. What could the marketplace in protection services, because people want these things, what could it do to uh, you know, service people? How, how, how would it work? Because most, pe- most people say, oh, yeah, sure, you could have a business, uh, you know, some organization that would uh, protect people, but not everybody would pay in. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, this, is, this bothers people. I understand that it bothers people. So here's, uh, here's an article that kind of addresses some of these points. Written by you. Yeah, written by me. <laughs> um, and you know, I've, I've sort of laid the groundwork here, and now we're getting into the real meat of it. Um, we're, I'm establishing some things uh, that we need to sort of agree upon, and I think that most people can. Um, some people are going to want protection services from foreign invaders enough to even pay for it. Um, and, others, and others might just want to take their chances. Yeah, and others won't pay for it. And the likely the people that will pay for it are probably the rich and business owners. Mm-hmm. These people have more to lose than, say, just a house or a car or something like that. They've got businesses and um, you know the, a reputation in the community. So um, I want everybody right now who's listening to my voice to stop. Come up with a percentage of the population. If that you're you, driving, don't stop. Well, okay, stop yeah. in your mind, not right. in, in your physical world. <laughs> don't put on the brakes. <laughs> um, and you know, imagine what you would be. Uh, what, what what percentage of the population you think would be willing to pay for foreign invasion protection in a free society, and how many freeloaders there would be? And this is kind of important to the the no exercise. Idea. You know, you, if you come up with some number, it's difficult. But people tend to be a sort of pessimistic. Do you think it's Twenty percent of the population, one out of five, uh, four out of five people are freeloading bastages. Uh, is it know. one out of ten? Is it nine out of ten people are a bunch of freeloaders that and won't pay? That would make an interesting poll. I don't know. Well, I don't even think that it matters. A poll doesn't matter because people don't know what they really do. So, this is true. Um, and I think that but likely how many people have been asked to even speculate on that. Point? Likely, these things would be sort of wrapped up in insurance pro- projects. You know, like I see, yeah. you, you would buy protection insurance. Your protection organization would be teamed up with other protection right. organizations in a co-op, and they would work together in some way or another. But I'm just I'm just asking people to say, you know, who when you kind of look at it, there are people that don't have fire insurance on their home. Mm-hmm. They don't. They want. They aren't willing to pay. Now, if they perc- own their home outright. Typically, that's the only way you can do that. But, and, but there, there are people out yeah. there. People that don't have car insurance that drive around. You know, sort of a danger to uh, everybody out there. They, they're out <laughs> right. there. Um, there's no doubt. So three, the the marketplace is. Um, w- can we all agree that the marketplace is more efficient than government in the allocation of resources? But yeah, yeah. I, think I so. don't think anybody. There's not too many people out there. There's a you know there's a ninety seven percent of the population will probably agree with this. The three percent, I'm not talking to their butts anyway. I mean they, they they're never going to go along with this. <laughs> there are the people who will say that they believe that only the government can handle big things like this. They may very well. You know, they may very well say that very big things have been handled by the uh, by the government. I mean, you know, by by uh, the marketplace. But that that statement presumes that the costs will be big of private protection services. When that's not true, by all evidence, competition brings prices down. Innovation yep. uh, constantly moves us forward to cheaper and cheaper products. I mean, it's the idea of all you have to do, for right. as an example, is look at uh, the space race, for instance. Or not the space race, because there's not much of a race anymore from the government's perspective, but from the private market there is. And if you look at the government's on this decrepit old... They're, they're finally retiring, from what I understand. the This decrepit old space shuttle uh, compared to what's out there now 
I mean, it's like night and day. Right, when you look at the uh, Spaceship X program, yeah. um, and, and as a matter of fact, I addressed that in the article. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I um, swear I haven't read right, this thing. The, um, the, the, the marketplace brought us machine guns. The government brought us the Megano line. You know, um, you know what, what the Megano line is? No. That's why I love doing a show with you. It makes me look so smart. Yeah, man. The Megano line is uh, was what France put between them and Germany between World War One and World War Two, and then the Germans kind of went around it. It was a mm. colossal failure in defense. <laughs> <laughs> um, nothing has failed so badly. <laughs> So number four, the Sorry, world is laughing. A, There's human lives. At stake indeed, the, the 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 free. But but this is you know we know these things. Right. Uh, number four, the world is a different place than it was a hundred years ago. Wars of conquest are less common and becoming less common, and they must be concealed under some sort of pretense. Uh, so for instance, we didn't attack Iraq for oil. We attacked them because they had weapons of mass destruction. Right. I did not attack Iraq. The United States government. If uh, wars of conquest uh, were acceptable in modern in the modern international scene. Places like Liechtenstein wouldn't exist. I mean, this is a tiny little city-state that's uh, you know in Europe and could easily be swallowed up by France, but it hasn't been. Why? Because the you know there would be a huge outrage in the international mm. community. So these pretenses are getting um, they're, they're going to get more and more difficult to sell to the citizenry as communications and the internet and things like this get better. Uh, people are going to have more information. And six and most important, it's a heck of a lot cheaper. To defend our borders, if you want to use that term for this uh, place, that this polycentric uh, land mass, this, this this land mass that has you know sort of competing governments in it, mm-hmm. um, than it is to fight six wars in foreign soil for no discernible advantage to uh, U.S. citizens. Um, so, this is what I want you to do: imagine in your mind um, how much more efficient the marketplace is and competition than a monopoly government. If you were to compare Spaceship X program with uh, NASA, you'd say that it was hundreds of times more efficient. Obviously, if you're talking about something more mundane, like building a building, you might say it's uh, 1.5 to three times as efficient. But remember the big dig in Boston. I mean, you know, the government certainly can throw a lot of money at a sort of mundane project. I'm going to use four times as efficient because the military does do innovation. Um, you know, it attempts to do innovation. It wants new products all the time. It's uh, that's the that's the way that they you know they get better. They have better stuff. The M1 Abrams tank better than any tank in the world. Um, so if you don't like my guess, you could still do this math that I'm going to give you here with your own number. But I'm going to use four times. Um, some people might want a larger number. Some people might, might want a smaller number. Now, it's very hard to figure out actually how many Americans pay income tax because the IRS doesn't want you to know that there are tens of millions of working age Americans that don't pay income tax. This is the modus operandi of governments in general. It's deceit. They want to lie. They lie to you. In 2009, I know that 141 million tax returns were filed because the IRS says so. Hmm. I know that the U.S. population. Now that include. Hold on. Is that for individuals or does that include corporations? I'm getting to no. This is uh, individual. These are these are tax returns for in people. Got it. Um, the U.S. population is 307 million people, and I I can't say how many of these 1.4. Well, excuse me, 141 million tax returns are joint filings by married couples. But mm-hmm. I do know that 30 36 percent of the U.S. population is married. And that not every married couple files jointly. Some of them choose to file separately right. for whatever tax reasons they do it. So I'm going to say that 36% of this 141 million returns um, that are out there are married people and that half of the married people file jointly. 
that covers a lot of housewives, people. A lot of people uh, filing jointly. Does that make sense to you? Does that gotcha. sound like a fair number? So what's the total number you're going to guess? I'm going to call, I'm going to say 166 Point three eight million people <laughs> file tax returns right. um, in the United States. Got it. Um, and you know that's almost that's a little slightly over half of the population actually files mm-hmm. a tax return, which means that less slightly less than half of the population doesn't even bother filling out that well, stinking you've form every also year. Also, factor in people under the age of sixteen. You and do. Do you think it's the half the pop? The people are supposed to file tax returns for uh, social security and all that really? stuff. Many even people, old, even old people you, have to file tax You don't tax sort returns? of legally have to if you don't have a burden, but you're still supposed to. The, huh. they, they claim so. Some people over sixty five are filing tax returns just for social. Security. So I don't know how many do and how many don't, but you've got to consider that that's the case. So really, all you have to do is cut out young people from the rest of the numbers. I, I, I don't think. Because there's going to be millions of there are going to be millions of young people. There are tens of too. millions, tens of millions of Americans that don't working age Americans that don't file tax returns. And I've got some more extraordinarily motivating numbers here in a minute. All right, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Motivating people to do what? We'll come back with that in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. We're talking about defense. 800-259-9231. And, of course, you can uh, take control of the airways here. You can also join us online at freetalklive.com and get interactive there. We've got listening options for you. Perhaps you'd like to listen via our live streams. We have those there, broadband and dial-up versions available around the clock. The latest episode of Free Talk Live is there for you at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, you can learn about our 109 great radio stations that carry the show throughout the week. Uh, And in addition to that, our satellite radio channels that you can listen to, like XM Satellite Radio, our free-to-air KU band channel, the webcam, as well as our listen lines that light a call from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way as well. Once again, get all the details on how to get tuned in at listen.freetalklive.com. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've uh, probably been thinking about trying the new e-cigarette. Well... It is a healthier option. It's 22,000 times healthier. Listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A a pack-a-day smoker will save around $120 a month. So you'll already start having more money in your pocket, feeling better, and smelling better just by switching to the e-cigarette from Vaporsmiths.com. I I spoke to uh, Jason Osborne of SACL CAI today or yesterday. I spoke to him both days, actually, but I can't remember which day it was that he made this comment. But he said that the the e-cigarette from Vaporsmiths.com is the best one that he's ever tried. And this is important. Uh, You know, I've I've tried to portray it. I don't know enough about e-cigarettes to really to make this clear, but their vapor... Uh, they've got more juice, more power that goes to their vaporizer, which then gives hmm. sort of this this more powerful hit. So you're not um, it's it's very unsatisfying as a smoker to sort of take a half of a hit. I gave mine to JJ and I miss it. 
<laughs> you love playing with that thing. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I, I had the no uh, nicotine cartridges, so or what are they called? Cartomizers. Cartomizers. Yeah. The uh, no nicotine ones, and, but it's fun to just take the vapor and play with it. Yep. Well, uh, JJ, I I hope is uh, using. He is actually was actually a cigarette smoker. I he don't actually know if he was. Smoked, yeah. So I don't know if he's still smoking or not. It's. I think he's usually, placed the order for the cartomizers or is in the process. Usually, people kind of wean themselves off with yeah. these things and then go to the cigarette, um, you know, exclusively. And then a lot of people use it to stop. Now I'm, you know, we can't say that it is a, um, you know, a method for stopping using, but. You, you can stop anytime you want, and this is a way to sort of change things for yourself. Yep. Anyway, here's the offer from Vaporsmiths.com, and it's one of the best ones that's produced out there. You can get a free starter kit, and you can get free shipping if you purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live. You can always get sh- uh, free shipping on orders of $60 or more, but you can get the free starter kit and um, free shipping if you purchase 40 cartomizers, coupon code FTL. You can go to vaporsmiths.com or you can call 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR. All right, so again, the toll-free number here is 1-800-259-9231. Mark, you're putting forth some pretty outrageous ideas to a lot of people. You're suggesting that uh, maybe without the government, in fact, in your mind, definitely without the government around, without this violent monopoly known as the federal government, that we would actually have better protection services. We would be safer from protect, uh, as far as from attack from overseas threats, the invading right. hordes, uh, that we would be safer for multiple reasons. You know, you've gone through the fact that our land mass here is pretty safe. We've got Mexico and Canada, and they're not going to attack us because we're great customers. Uh, you've, you know, you've pointed out that uh, America is just armed to the teeth. There's plenty of guns here. And uh, that in a world where there's no central monopoly government to attack, how would an attacker know where to attack? What what would they take? How would they go about doing that? Uh, it would be a very, very difficult process. But now you're kind of getting into, or you've been getting into, the more economic side of things with... The math. Know, yeah, looking at the actual numbers as to how things could be a lot cheaper and we'd have a lot better innovation and protection products and services out there. Right, and one thing that I asked people to do was come up with a number of people, and this could be, this isn't just for protection services, this is for anything that the government currently does. Whether it's uh, you know Social Security, whether it's what Whatever. You look at what the government program is and ask yourself, you know, how many people would be willing to pay towards, you know, this this kind of thing in a free market and how many people would be freeloaders? And, um, you know, of course, we understand that the marketplace is more efficient than government. It, you know, everybody agrees with that. Mm-hmm. But they're concerned that not enough people would participate. So we have to use the guns of government to make them participate. And then I went over some uh, numbers, which are that there's 141 million tax returns filed in the United States. There's 307 million people in the United States. And that if you start figuring out how many of, uh, you know, that there's 36% of the population's married, and that if you take 36% of the 141 million returns are married people, you uh, and that half of them are filing jointly, then you come up with a number of uh, 166.38 million filers. That's individuals that file t- income federal income tax in okay. the United States, which is amazingly only about half the people. So only half the people actually even file a return here in the United States. That means that tens of millions of working age people are not filing. 
And how also, many of those half of you know half the people are actually paying into the system? Wait a second. Look, I who wrote this article? Okay, <laughs> so um, now everybody, most folks know that in uh, that forty seven percent of filers in two thousand and nine didn't actually pay any income tax. Mm. They filed their income tax, and then with the earned income tax credit and all this other crap that goes into all these the formulas that uh, that are out there, okay. they didn't pay anything. So. A, a family of four making fifty thousand dollars a year could have no liability in 2009. Got it. So that means that only 88 million Americans out of the 307 million Americans actually paid federal income tax or 28.7% mm-hmm. of the population actually pays federal income tax, period. Then you consider that the military is 20% of the federal budget. That means that only 5.6 of Americans pay for the military. Now, this is the question that I asked mm. people to ask early on is how many people do you need? You know, what, what's the percentage of population that would be willing to pay for protection services versus the Right, and 20% seemed kind of a low ball, but now you're saying it's, it's 5% right now. 20% currently. Now, let me go on. Um, if... If you consider that uh, the protection of the borders, just the borders of the United States, costs less, uh, half of what, six wars, a thousand military bases in 130, uh, 130 plus nations, and that the marketplace is four times as efficient as the government, some people would argue that this number's higher, then fewer, fewer than 0.8%, that is less than one, uh, 0.8% of the population actually needs to fund the protection of the nation. Now, I suggest you're leaving that, out corporations from your from well, corporations your don't exist. I'm suggesting right, the business but they owners pay taxes. I'm suggesting the business owners and um, uh, I'm, I'm only talking about the, look, all taxes trickle down to the end user. No doubt. No doubt. So I'm only using federal income tax, and these are the arguments that people made, that we all need to pay. Well, right, and corporations that want to protect themselves, that want to hire protection services, will cost, pass those costs on to their customers. So either way, customers will be paying for these, these services. So the people that don't want to voluntarily sign up and pay for these protection services, if they're buying a, a product from DuPont, right. and DuPont is hiring these uh, protection, protection services, services which likely they would. And in fact, that kind of brings me to a point, since you know we have discussed this in the past, but you really do an agree great job of just rolling it all into one piece here uh, but it brings me back to the example of there there might even be protection services who want to provide people or a given area with protection simply so they can brag about their protection services like you know hey this this town's protected by so-and-so corporation and we're sponsored by coca-cola and you know coca-cola keeping you safe <laughs> i don't know that there are companies that do these things right they give to charities and they uh, they sure you know, they they, they want to look good yeah, a lot of people are scared of corporations, but those people clearly haven't run up on the government too often. Well, more coming up here. Of course, in our world, there wouldn't be corporations. They're just businesses. Just businesses. Because uh, corporations are protection veil created by the government for, uh, for business people. Anyway, 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. Hello, my friends, and welcome to a 32nd edition of Verbal Surgery. I'm your verbal surgeon, Tim A. Cummins, here to radiate your brain for maximum gain. And let me tell you, my friends, get on to the verbalsurgery.com train. Come check it out. Listen to this podcast, and you will feel better right now because you are awesome. Looking forward to seeing you at verbalsurgery.com. Take it easy, baby. Awesome.
This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to bring up what you like. 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, We've got archives. They go all the way back to late 2006. And they are there on the house for your downloading convenience. No logging in. No membership fees. Just click and get them free over at freetalklive.com the last week's worth are right at the top of the page and then click into the archive section to go way back again freetalklive.com and free talk live is brought to you by the free state project your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime you got to get together with other people who think that way otherwise you'll be like i was down in florida just feeling like you're spinning your wheels running your head up against a brick wall eventually you'll burn out you'll give up you'll uh, stick your head in the ground and try to Try to uh, not pay attention to the world around you and, and as you realize that you're nearly powerless to prevent all of the horrors that, uh, that are happening around you, so you do your best to ignore them. At least that was to some extent uh, what has happened to a lot of people. And then they found out about the Free State Project. They came up to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. They met other people who have moved here as well and people who have lived here their whole lives, uh, people that love liberty and are willing to do something about it. Seems like a no-brainer, right? Well, go to freestateproject.org to learn more about it. We're going to get to your phone calls here in just a moment. But, Mark, you've got a few more thoughts on the idea of changing out this government monopoly military with actually having market-based protection services that are keeping people safe on a consensual basis and competing to keep people safe to where products uh, this, this service becomes cheaper over time and and the products get better over time well yeah i made the um, the made the point here that uh, you know when you look at the the us population of filers you're looking at uh, 141 million tax returns are filed um, if you start looking at the the married population in, in the country, and uh, you know, you realize that there are about 166 million. Yeah, people. you broke all that down before, but uh, essentially, you said you kind of well, whittled the numbers down to show that it really that, only about five percent of the population. Five perc- about five, I think it's five point six percent of the pop- Americans actually pay for the military. You can do this with any program. You just need to figure out what the uh, percentage of the U.S. budget one of these programs is. And I've got, you know, so of course, I've I've researched this a little bit, and um, so five point six percent of Americans pay for the military, and that's the fully bloated government military that we currently have yep. today going around the world blowing all kinds of stuff up and killing people which is incredibly expensive right and if you consider that the marketplace is probably four times as efficient it could be more but i'm just taking a some lowball number um, at protecting us than the uh, the government would be and if you look at the fact that uh, six wars a thousand military bases and 130 in 130 nations is a heck of a lot more expensive than guarding the borders yep. then you'll figure out that uh, it's, it's about 0.8 percent of the people actually need to fund the protection of the nation in sort of a voluntary world. Now, it's obviously not fair that 0.8% of the population would have to bear the burden of protecting the nation. And, and who's to say more, more people wouldn't, wouldn't fund it? Who knows? But um, it's not fair that that percentage of the population would protect the rest of us. But it's not fair that 5.6% does either. And that's what, today's, in, what, that's what happens in today's world. Well, the whole government system isn't fair. It's I mean, absolutely it's, not. It's the least least from fair that you could possibly be. And in any situation, you're going to have free riders. For instance, you go to the grocery store, whether you're a customer there or not, there are open bathrooms. You know, It's not fair that somebody can just walk into the grocery store and pee in their uh, bathroom without having to buy any groceries. Hey, the rest of us are buying these groceries out here, and we're the ones paying the cost for that bathroom. You shouldn't be in there going to the bathroom in there. But the store is willing to allow that to happen so they can have goodwill with the, the general 
rural area and they can offer a good service to people in the area so they'll come and shop there hopefully at some point in the future it's a speculative thing on their part right you've, and, you've found that uh, gas stations along the inter- internet have or excuse me the interstate have uh, gotten very good about having big bathrooms that are available to the public why yeah. because if you go to the rest stop then you're not going to their uh, gas station and if you're not going to their gas station you're not walking by their candy bars and uh, potato chips and and uh, you know super ales and whatever drinks they have out there those uh, monster uh, power drinks or whatever and you're not buying their stuff so they're they're trying to entice you to come in and that's one way to do it and besides the fear that uh, some people i think you've done a great job you've run some of the numbers down uh, you've made some really great points and i i really think you should clean it up and send it over to lou.com because i mean they've got some great articles over there uh, lou is always publishing unique stuff and stuff that you originally write i think has a good chance at, at getting in if it's persuasive and i consider that pretty pretty persuasive uh, your thoughts are certainly welcome at 800-259-9231. We go to June, listening in Pennsylvania. Ladies first, Junior on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, how are you? June, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I had a question regarding corporations. So if corporations did not exist, and uh, what would that mean for the corporations that, let's say, aren't so bad, such as Amazon.com, what would that mean for them? Would that It'd be a business. You know, It'd just be a business right, run by they... individuals. Corporations are nothing more than a, a legal fiction. Uh, it's it's essentially a concept that the government grants to people who ask for them, essentially uh, allowing them to pr- protect themselves from being sued, for instance, uh, for, for having to be personally right. liable for the, the actions of their company. I understand that. Um, I'm just curious. I mean, do you think that would change the corporation or change the business? Would they have to downsize? Like... Would be I don't see why they would have to downsize. No, I mean, liable? no, it just it just makes people liable for things that okay. uh, you know are done in their name. I think right. That makes I think sense. that you know if this, we're talking about a, in a world where there are no corporations, so you're talking about this fictitious uh, you know world in the future where we have more freedom, and right. um, the the idea here is is that if you got rid of the um, you know the, this this corporate veil and, and honestly it's relatively new in the united states within the last hundred years as the government really allowed people to uh, incorporate and it's gotten more and more common in the last few decades but um if you eliminated this then you would also uh, have a ha- run into the problem of the judicial system currently in the united states it's you know an incredibly litigious society and people sue people over everything mm. and when you're talking about the uh, civil civil courts um you know big companies can can run you know the little guy into the ground because they've got the lawyers and things like that. You yeah. need to see some overhaul of the judicial system. Loser pays. That would be a big one. That right? would be a big one. It's called the English rule, um, but actually it's it's uh, you know really done in most foreign courts. Is the loser in a civil case pays for the winner's uh, you know court costs, and so if um, you know if, so if, the burden is on them rather than just being able to throw a bunch of cases up against the wall and see what sticks, which is essentially the way it is today. If you had some kind of uh, competition and arbitration, there's no reason in the world that two people can't go up to an arbitrator and say, here's my problem. And then the other person says, well, here's my problem. And they come up with a solution. The court system has turned this into a situation where, well, lawyers who created the court system have created a situation where lawyers who work in the court system (laughs) get paid hundreds and thousands of dollars in lawyers' fees, millions of dollars in lawyers' fees to do lawyer and work over the course of years. So they've created a system where folks, uh, you know, nobody else can compete because, you know, it's lawyers' work. Right. 
Okay. Well, thank you very much. Any other thoughts, June? Um, no, you, I think you pretty much right. nailed it for me. Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Jim in New Jersey. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you hey, today? Jim. What's on your mind tonight? Good. Uh, this is the third time I've called. Um, <clears throat> I just came back from a big protest I organized in uh, New York City, uh, Avenue of America's West 54th Street at the Hilton Hotel. Okay. Uh, the protest started on Sunday and ended Wednesday. We had people from all over the country show up, uh, people from Pennsylvania, Washington State, uh, New York City, New York State, uh, Minnesota. And what was it regarding? Uh, well, there were 600 family court judges, prosecutors, uh, child protective service workers, and other interested parties that showed up at the Hilton for a conference. I see. Uh, so we, we, I belong to Fathers for Justice, F, the, the uh, number four, the letter J, dot U.S., mm-hmm. and also FaceNewJersey.org, uh, two not-for-profits, and we advocate for fathers' rights and mm-hmm. children's rights as well. Um, you know, I mean, so I this was essentially some sort years. of a convention of judicial system people that you kind of came to uh, to protest at? Absolutely. If you've got any highlights, you're welcome to stick with us and tell us about what it was like. 800-259-9231. These people do not like attention. They don't like uh, to be called out for, for what they're doing and what they're doing in many cases, whether it's to fathers or mothers, or it's just, just they're tearing families apart. They're making it, in many cases, more difficult on people with their arbitrary rules. We're coming up with Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And want to tell you about the Bitcoin. If you're tired of watching the value of the dollar plummet, you're tired of banks charging you fees, and you want to take back control of your own money, Take a look at Bitcoin. It's the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. It's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world, and their value has been trending upward with time. To learn more, you can visit weusecoins.org. Again, it's weusecoins.org. So let's go back to Jim listening in New Jersey. Jim, uh, you're back on Free Talk Live. Are you with us? Yes, sir, I am. I have a few great highlights for you guys. Yeah, you were talking about uh, a protest that you, I guess, uh, attended and uh, helped create there in New York City at some sort of a convention of justice system bureaucrats and people that are buoyed by the justice system. And uh, you were there for on the basis of father's rights. So go ahead. 
correct. I was able to gain access to the itinerary of the judges of each event they had planned, the dinners and when they would go to Times Square and a baseball game. So we actually uh, were able to have plants inside of this on the third floor inside of this conference. A few quick uh, highlights that I have, and I was, I was referred to in one other member out of everybody that showed up by the president as his Marines, me and one other member. Um, I was there every day for six to, to ten hours a day. I took a lot of videos. The first thing I want to mention is uh, what I noticed in videotape coming into the subway systems and out on the streets where they had uh, U.S. Army heavily armed troops. And uh, I videotaped that and then approached Now, wait, were, them, the, you know, were the troops there just because or were the troops there specifically for this convention? Um, I think the troops are there just because, hmm. uh, you know, wow. New York's in a heightened state of alert. But, you know, that's what they have police and FBI and everything for. It, it, you know, to my knowledge, and I said to them, you're, you know, you're breaking the laws of, of the Constitution. There's not allowed to be uh, troops patrolling citizens. And at one point they tried to, you know, come after me with their weapons and take the camera away. And wow. we retreated, uh, you know. Did you get video footage of this? Yes, I do. Excellent. Yes, I do. Um, in fact, tomorrow I'm going to download everything. I'm going to send it up the chain of command. Uh, and then, you know, uh, the, the New York police a few times tried to uh, hinder videotaping, and I got that on tape as well, along with hotel security, where they actually tried to grab the camera on my head. But I want to mention something that's powerful. Um, I went to New York City and realized, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful city. Uh, you know, tragically was attacked by uh, morons from the Middle East. Um, you know, I went there to the protest with a Russian 1980s error gas mask, an NBC gas mask, uh, and uh, held up a sign saying, Stop the War File. There was a giant sign. We had banners and giant signs and flags, and, you know, so we, we were definitely there. And one of the cool things that I also got on video were the bellboys use whistles to signal the taxis in. So I had bought a whistle, and I was signaling taxis. I created like a like a traffic jam in Manhattan for like blocks and blocks and blocks to where the police had to come, shut the traffic lights down, and direct traffic in and out. It was it was uh, great. Also, I how does that help? Uh, how does that help your uh, uh, you know your your plight uh, the plight of fathers by uh, creating some kind of traffic jam? Well, it just slow in New York. Everything's very, very busy. It just slows people down so that they can stop and, and and take a look at actually what's going on, you know. Because at first, people didn't realize what what a bunch of people holding signs saying "Stop the war on fathers, no jail for being a dad" in front of the Hilton Hotel. I mean, just the one day alone, we got 500 hits on the uh, on the website. For, I think uh, I think that you know I, I see where you're coming from, Mark. On your it your seems point. like those people in that traffic jam that find out that uh, you know the, the the fathers who have a war on them are blowing whistles to create tra- traffic jams might say good. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, yes, absolutely. In fact, some of the taxi cab drivers came up to me and said, you know, at first we were upset with you for what you're doing, but now we understand. And, you know, thank you so much for speaking up for us. What uh, did the others say? You know, it, was, it, it was great. And one of the other things, too, is the Attorney General of the United States came. I think it was on Tuesday, so we organized a big thing for that. And I got that on tape. I mean, they pulled out all the stops and whistles. They pulled out the Homeland Security, the SWAT team on us. It was Jim. It was uh, great, glad you but... uh, glad you got out of it alive uh, without getting arrested. And I, I thank so you for the I. call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Of course, they're not going to stop the war on fathers. They're not going to do anything because somebody holds up a sign. 
I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying go don't protest or don't hold demonstrations. I think that they can be very useful. I think that uh, they can be good to boost morale, that they can be good to bring people together, get out of the house, go and do something to feel like you're actually doing something. Uh, it certainly probably feels a little bit better to go and do a demonstration than to go and vote. Um, you know, you're making you, you feel like you're connecting with people. Uh, you feel like, you know, people are at least some people would appreciate it. Some people probably wouldn't. Those that are in a rush uh, that that much. I think you're right about Mark. Uh, but all that said, people getting out and getting into the streets and doing something better than doing nothing. Uh, but all that all of that said, though, the likelihood of anything within the system changing because somebody went out and protested is, well, based on history, not too uh, not too likely. I mean, how many protests have there been that have actually resulted in any kind of significant uh, political change? I'm not saying they don't, they haven't existed, but I've been to a lot of protests and I've never seen anything change after after them. Well, I I don't know. You know. Change occurs, and you never know exactly what some kind of pressure is what creates that change. So, all you can do is create pressure, right? Okay, I mean, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't you have hurt. to win like hearts said, and minds. I think yeah. is the the first thing that you have to do. And I I would question blowing whistles and creating traffic jams um, as winning hearts and minds. But I understand why it is that he wants people to slow down and see his signs. But you know, I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, like I'm, I would I imagine a lot of people found that pretty frustrating. Presuming they knew what the source of it Indeed, was in I'm, the first place. So. In the issue with the issue though of uh, doing these protests, again, I think it is worth. I think it's worthwhile to get out and meet people and, and network. I think from that perspective, it's useful. But I, I, I have to go back to that quote by Alexander Haig, and I, I don't have it in front of me at the moment, so I'm going to have to paraphrase. But something to the effect of, you know, let them protest, let them protest all as they long want, as they, as long pay as they pay their, their taxes. taxes. Yeah. So you can shout and hold signs and chant, and you can gather in large crowds. But as long as you are going along in other ways in life, as long as you're being obedient in your the rest of your life, then you're just making noise. I mean, essentially, you're just benefiting the economy of the local area. <laughs> you're coming in, you're renting a hotel room, uh, you're eating in the local uh, restaurants, and I'm sure that's great. That's good and all for that, that particular area. But besides that, you're a little blip on somebody's radar. Maybe you'll bring a few new people into the, to the movement. I mean, of those 500 hits or however many they got, how many of those are actually going to turn into a protester? How many of those are actually going to turn into an activist, somebody who's going to do more than just come to your website and say, oh, yeah, I agree with those guys? How many? Be realistic now. What do you think? 1%? Less than 1%? I, I would say it was less. I'd say you're in the, the neighborhood there. Less than 1% to 1% is what you can expect to have as far as anybody having a chance of even activating. Maybe you'll get a few more than that on an email list. Maybe well, you'll get like 2% on an email list. 1% you're probably talking – I mean you could you can get that with a mailer. You know, It's true. Direct <laughs> yeah. mail is about you – know, And you don't jam up the traffic and create the animosity at the same time. So um, 1-800-259-9231. But Mark, you're not advocating for not getting out in, into the streets, right? I mean you're not, you're not saying stay home. I don't know what I'm advocating for. I'm, I'm advocating for not. I I don't think it's a good idea to create tra- traffic jams. Yeah, I see. I see where you're coming from. Unless, By the way, I would like to point out that uh, unless you're doing a, a traffic jam right out in front of a military base, 
during the uh, well, I think I, you supported that one. I did support that one. That yeah. was at the front, the driveway of a military right. base. Um, but I, I will point out that uh, during the the civil rights uh, sort of uh, you know activism that was going on in the '60s, that uh, you know black Americans and civil rights activists uh, did use that same tactic um, to you know bring attention to their plight. I don't. I don't know if I agreed with it then either. Well, I, I obviously I didn't wasn't alive, but I don't know if I agree in the usage of it at that time either. I don't know if it's it's effective. They had a lot of tactics back then, from what I understand, yep. and a big movement with a significant, uh, I guess, uh, longevity behind it. That you know they kept going, mm-hmm. right? And it just show up at a, at some sort of an event and then dissipate for a long time and not do anything else. So whatever I don't know I'm not, I don't know what uh, what these folks are going to do next I'm sure they've got something uh, that they're that they've planned and I would love to see more people have success with protests and really be able to pro- to point to something tangible uh, that has come come about as a result of having them because I like them I <laughs> I don't mind going to them but I don't know if they're the most effective form of uh, of activism well i i've i've seen people go to uh you know there was a situation of a homeschooling uh you know law that was onerous as heck here in new hampshire and uh, a bunch of homeschoolers showed up at the state capitol they didn't have signs or anything they came to sort of support and there were hundreds and hundreds of homeschoolers you're right that's a good example that made a real impression because well they were they hadn't made a decision on that yet yeah uh and they actually went into the state house and filled the state house and talked to a bunch of these state reps to try to change things and as a result they did so that was more than just sign waving more coming up it's free talk live Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three. You can take control, bring up anything that's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. They're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Freetalklive.com actually allows you to create the content on the site, so everything that you see there that uh, has just numbers next to items, those items have been created by listeners like you. You surf around, find something online that you think's interesting, you submit it to freetalklive.com, and then other people vote as to which ones they like and dislike, and the most liked will make it to the front page in the top of the website over at freetalklive.com. Uh, one of the top stories right now, I think, is one yeah was mentioned yesterday on the show, the uh, homeless man, mentally ill man that was beaten to death. Uh, by the police. Also, just below that, sheriff's deputy arrested on child porn charges. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, that's right. You trusted those guys, right, with your kids? Mm, think again. 1-800-259-9231. We continue with your calls, though. And then coming up, national service back in the news. And that's not a good thing. First, we go to Carl listening in Florida. Carl, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, how you doing? What's on your mind, Carl? I guess a long time uh, I haven't been called into your show. Uh, I'm just keeping up to date. I used to call in when I was up in Canada. Now I'm back in Florida. Oh, that's right. You were being held in a detention center of some sort in Canada as you Immigration. attempted. Immigration. 
yeah, three and a half years. It's incredible. How many years? Seven and a half? Three. Three and a half. Three, three and a half. By and, immigration, because I didn't like the Bush administration, I claimed asylum. Right, and they didn't want you uh, in Canada, and so they locked you in a cage rather than yeah. letting you back into the yeah. U.S. Because my case was all over the internet about me, Carl Malaskowitz Blaze or Carl William Malaskowitz Blaze. How did you get out? The so Canada finally dropped everything. They later accused, the RCMP later accused me of being a terrorist, filed terrorism charges against me, and then later dismissed it almost two years later and then deported me back to the U.S. Didn't you say you actually had internet access at this detention center? Uh, one of the centers they put me in, we could have laptops. Man, that's so sweet. Canada, man, they got it good up there in a lot of ways. Let me tell you. Can you imagine that, Mark? No, having internet no, access in jail? I can't. <laughs> Now I'm just back in Florida. If I'm I could have internet there. access in jail, I'd be like, shh, put me in there. Not a problem. I could still answer all these emails and take care of the website. Then it wouldn't be such a big deal having to go to jail. But anyway. If I had my laptop with Dreamweaver because I got my software all for right, doing quit my rubbing website. it in. So what are you calling about tonight? Um, Congrats, well, by the way, on getting since out. I got, since I got back, I'm back to playing Tetris again to the audience who don't know. Huh? What? Friends with the world champion. I, I have the unofficial record from back in 95. Look up arcade Tetris Champ at AOL.com is my email. And wow. Screenshots of me. Impressive. Now, can you actually. Level 99 on one quarter. Have, how much have you uh, earned playing Tetris? I haven't. I, there's a uh, game room in New Hampshire called Fun Spot, and every year they have a tournament of world class players, and I'm friends with a few of them, except I haven't made it to the tournament because I live in Florida, and Fun Spot's all the way in New Hampshire. Yeah, I heard about this place. It's like, uh, isn't it like the arcade mu- museum, essentially? They've got arcade games going way, way back, and you can back actually go around 70s. and play them? Hmm? Yes, I've been there once. Neat. And my friend Steve Krogman is the world champion of Galaga and the world champion of Tetris, and he never beat me at Tetris except I didn't set. So you're record. like you're like the real life wizard, except for Harry Hong, who's the world champion of the Nintendo version. Does anybody and even know who the wizard me, is? Am I totally there. just? Is this I don't know like what the a Generation is. X thing or like a, a Generation nineteen? It, it was a nineteen eighties movie with uh, Kevin. What's Kevin from the Wonder Years? What was that guy's name? I don't Fred know. Savage. Yeah, Fred Savage. And uh, anyway, it was all about playing video games and being like the world Nintendo champ. And <laughs> it was it was a big deal back in the '80s uh, for people in in my I guess my age bracket because they uh, they I guess they introduced like the new Super Mario game in it back in 1989. Anyway, so uh, so you you're back playing Tetris. Trying to beat Steve Krogman's record. Can you actually? But but Mark, I think had a good question. Can you actually profit from being a video game master? Well. Um, this guy I know, Billy Mitchell, is the world champion, or was the world champion of Donkey Kong, and he's also got the kill screen on Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, and he was in a movie called The King of Kong, along with my friend that uh, was in now. How do you now. get to be? How do you get to be friends with all these world champion? Uh, he goes and plays and does. I met, this. One, I met one world champion, and he introduced me to a lot of his other friends. This guy named have you, Walter Day. How many world the, tournaments have you attended? I haven't, but I used to go to this place where several of the world class gamers used now, to Now, wait a minute. How did you get the record for Tetris if you've never been to a uh, world champion? Well, I used to play the world champion back in the 90s at this game. He said he was the unofficial. Oh, unofficial. I Because I, <laughs> I had to have a referee present uh, to get my name in the record books. So your claim went, is then, and there was no referee present. No, uh, no Your claim is you present. got to level 89 on Tetris. 99, 99 on Tetris on one quarter. 
Yes. And it's <laughs> it's pretty awesome if it's true. Hey, thanks for the call, Nick. Uh, appreciate hearing from you at uh, 800. Nick? It's Carl. Excuse me, Carl. Drat. Carl. Thanks, Muskowitz Carl. Muskowitz Blaze or something like that. The champion of te- unofficial, unofficial champion. world champion. Of <laughs> Tetris, who was locked into the detention center in Canada. For three and a half years. He's, he's real, right? Like, didn't, I, we his, <laughs> didn't we go to his website once and it seemed like a kind of a great, you know, rambling I don't remember uh, somebody in prison would have made. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you about his website specifically, but um, wasn't it freecarl.org uh, I or just uh, searched his name and didn't come up with anything. There you go. Sounds like he's out. If you believe anything he says, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And he's he's playing Tetris. Tetris is a you know it's a challenging game. How do you feel about Tetris, Mark? I have played it in the past. I mean, you know, once it starts getting too fast, and I'm like, well, it's insane. Yeah, yeah. The idea of getting past level eight is pretty difficult uh, to hard to handle that. Yeah, you know, it's it. I I think once you've once you've played it, you can kind of your mind sort of settles into you know this fits there, that fits there, mm-hmm. um, and you you'll get better at it as time goes by. You start but, dreaming about T blocks and L blocks. Right. That's the that, that's the thing is I you know I don't know that I want to uh, to dedicate that kind of time. And imagine that I guess you can always if you get the home system you can probably turn the music off, but uh, the, the, yeah, there will be a lot of hearing that. Tetris music. You can always uh, bring uh, earplugs. True. 1-800-259-9231. You can bring what you want on the the air here tonight. There's news about national service. And I saw this in actually one of the industry publications. Mark, you and I, you know, obviously we're the radio business. We follow the talk radio news. And now and then there are interesting things worthy of relaying here on the radio. And this is one of them. Uh, It's from Clear Channel, who's our former employer. We are currently on a number of Clear Channel stations on this radio program. We both worked for Clear Channel. We both have been (laughs) fired from Clear Channel. Yep, that's right. Yep. Uh, I I guess technically my position was eliminated uh, from from Clear Channel. I don't know that my... uh, I got a severance package. My my position was, in fact, um, was even legitimate, like, you know, because I was on the air on Free Talk Live and just told... You're not allowed back in the building. Essentially, mm. I don't know if it's a, a, you know an official firing. Free, to- free, free. Clear Channel may not recognize it as a. Did firing. you quit before that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So San Antonio, Texas, uh, it's the home of Clear Channel. This is essentially their press release. Clear Channel Radio, the leading media company in America with a greater reach than any other radio or television company, announced today that it will partner it's a true with statement. My Good Deed. The National 9-11 Nonprofit Organization and Hands-On Network, the Volunteer Activation Division of the Points of Light Institute, to inspire tens of millions of Clear Channel listeners to perform good deeds, volunteer, and engage in charitable activities in observance of the federally uh, federally recognized 9-11 National Day of Service and Remembrance. As part of the partnership, Clear Channel will donate over $7 million of media for on-air public service messages, as well as encourage stations at the local level to support community-based volunteer events during the 9-11 day observance on September 11th. Now, I don't hate Clear Channel. I have no bad feelings towards them, but uh, this... Uh, you know, and, and and all this verbiage sounds really nice of, uh, you know, this kind of thing. But this whole idea of, uh, of what do they call it? What the government, what's the government calling it? National, National service? service. It's scary. Let's and I don't think that. people look at it. Well, let's explain what they're really doing here. Because it, it sounds so far like Clear Channel's encouraging volunteerism, which I'm all in favor of that. That sounds great. Get out and volunteer in your community. Who could be against that? Is that what they're really talking about, though? 
We'll get into that. 800-259-9231. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include the bulletin board system. You can go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners, bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. If you've got a website, then you know how important it is for people to visit your site. Whether it's for better results in search engines, advertising, or just getting your message out, you need all the hits you can get. Mobsterhits.com is going to make you an offer you can't refuse. (laughs) It's a family-friendly web traffic exchange, ftl.mobsterhits.com. They can riddle your site full of views, and you can even make some money by joining the family as an associate. Join up for free at ftl.mobsterhits.com now. You get a free one-month upgrade if you sign up now. It's uh, This is a limited-time offer, by the way, and they have several limited-time offers uh, uh, just to, to see if how many folks are going to sign up here. It's listeners with uh, liberty-oriented sites can get anywhere from 1,000 to 10,000 hits for free. Find out the details at ftl.mobsterhits.com. And uh, you know, this looks like a great way to uh, get more views for your website ftl.mobsterhits.com. We're sharing with you a press release that, surprisingly, isn't really echoed in the news media thus far. We've been following the idea of national service on this show for several years. And for those that are unfamiliar with the concept, national service is – it has been promoted. It was promoted uh, pretty heavily during the 2008 election campaign season. There was – at one time they had some sort of a – I think it was a summit, summit is what they called it. On, yeah, summit on national service, and they had both John McCain and Barack Obama come out and you know talk about how they both love the idea of national service, and this is what everybody needs to do in America is do national service. And really what they end up doing is they conflate the idea of, on one hand, doing real volunteering – Meaning finding a local charity that you think is interesting and going out and you know providing your time uh, to that charity and, and helping those people and not expecting to get any kind of a paycheck in return. That's what volunteering uh, for the you know, community organizations is, is all about. Uh, you don't get paid. And then on the other hand, they would also in, include in this idea of national service the idea of, well, so-called serving the public meaning working for the government as a government bureaucrat. And they and they have several point, government bureaucrat programs where they pay people to yes, do, like, you know like That's what I mean. Uh, as they, a paid bureaucrat. But they don't pay they don't pay particularly well and these are sort of like, you know, government bureaucrat in training programs. Like AmeriCorps, for Yeah, instance. things like that. And so the proposal 
has been put forth, and it hasn't really gone anywhere thus far, but they both, you know, both sides want this. Uh, and I'm t- t- speaking generally, obviously, somebody like Ron Paul would be opposed to this. But uh, the Republicans and Democrats are buddy-buddy on this this issue. This is a bipartisan thing where they want to force all American youth, at the very minimum, all American youth, to work for the government in some national service program, which has been proposed to, have been, to be as large as the military. Yep. In, in as number large, of people, as powerful, and as, and well as well funded. funded as the military. Those are, that's a quote Correct. from the pro-resident of the United States of America, Brack Bum. Right. So just try to try to envision that for a moment. You've got this humongous military, this trillion plus dollar military that's going all around the world invading places and killing people. And now you're going to have another government bureaucracy that's as large and as well funded here at home. So you're talking about brown shirts. Right. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that that part's scary. Let's not forget that the military is half of the discretionary budget of the United States government. Yeah. So you're talking about increase that that's an incredible it's increase a huge in cost. Increase in that government. that'll pull us out of an economic crisis, right? No, no, it'll be worse no. because you're you're it'll sucking drive us into it. Right, you'd be sucking out the productive people from this the economy. This is what happened during the Great Depression and it's the reason the Great Depression took 12 years to get out of or whatever. But I think a lot of corporations like Target, uh Home Depot, now Clear Channel, these are some of the companies that have been involved in backing up these national service organizations. I don't think a lot of them realize what they're talking about. When they are saying national service, they're probably talking about volunteering. Yep. And that's that's what the Clear Channel press release makes it sound like here. They're they're going to spend some of their own advertising uh, slots on the air, and they're going to promote this concept called My Good Deed, which is a website where you go and let's see, My Good No, it's nine one one day dot org. When you go to mygoodddeed.org, that's what it takes you to, I think. And it says here, I will join the 9-11 tribute movement. Post your 9-11 tribute for this year, mentioning whatever good deed you plan to do or a special message to those you intend to honor. And, you know, that sounds nice and everything. But what they're pushing for is for people to, on one hand, go out and volunteer, which is good. But on the other hand, go to work for the government. The and, government is the organization that caused 9-11 by yeah. its uh, foreign policy out there putting troops, uh, you know, supporting Israel with uh, funding. And I'm not saying I got a problem with Israel. I'm just saying that there's no reason the United States should be sending any money to any nation anywhere. It's, the, the United States taxpayer should not have that burden, period, end of story. Secondly, the United States troops in the, in the Middle East supporting dictators in their land, these people don't like that. So what they said at this uh, summit before is essentially that volunteering's good, but working for the government is better. That's what they've said. That is essentially the message, that you should work for the government. In fact, it's so good to work for the government that everyone should be forced to. For Now, what has been proposed has been different, depending on who you listen to. But usually the only thing that changes is the length of time. So some people have proposed that, uh, that young people, perhaps in high school, be sent in for three months to work for the government. Some have said it should be two years. Yep. So, so basically you've heard numbers between – I heard six months to two years. 
but mm-hmm. whatever. Basically, they couldn't get their government high school diploma without working for the government, or Correct. they or couldn't get funding, or they get couldn't get funding to go to college without working for the government. Yes, or they, you know, so they've got different so, ideas, or they just say everybody is gonna have to do it. Right, the, the, right. Those, these are the, the different levels of coercion that have been proposed. Right. So on one hand, the everybody must uh, work for the government for X amount of time. On the other hand, well, it's not really forced because we're just saying that you can't get a uh, high school diploma or go to college, so you it's don't their, have to. It's their school, so I mean, I guess right. they could put whatever criteria for getting a diploma that they wanted to put so out there. So in that case, it wouldn't really be full-on coercion, but it sure would be close. Darn right? close. Because most people feel like they have to have a high school diploma in order to make it in the world. And, and most people so. feel like they uh, don't want to pay to go to a public school yeah. um, you know, or homeschooling or something like that. All right, more coming up here on National Service. Let's talk to AJ first, though, in Hibbing, uh, Minnesota, listening to WNMT. AJ, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Um, <clears throat> I was curious. Um, you know, I, I agree with the um, premise that government um, that governs least governs best. But um, do you have any examples of a, a, one of, some kind of a utopian society where everyone's just completely free? That has ever worked. Well, boy, if we, if we had that example, uh, we'd probably go to it, right? And if something like that existed, then I would presumably, I would hopefully have propagated because freedom works. And there are a lot of examples on an individual issue basis where we can look at, we can see freedom working. Uh, so if you want to stick around, we can talk more about this idea here in a moment. 800-259-9231. Another common uh, objection. Well, point to something that is an example of what you're talking about. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine. Give your kids the nutrition they need to be their best. Visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. Telling your child about healthy food choices is important, but showing her what to eat goes a lot further. Have her help create the grocery list, then bring her to the store with you. Picking out healthy foods together helps kids get in the habit of thinking about what they're eating every day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features there for free. So enjoy those, including the webcam. Go watch, listen, chat. The chat room's built into the same page as the cam, and it's all there free for you at cam.freetalklive.com. How does gr- a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, West Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me, Mark Edge? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event's what you want to make of it. There will certainly be some speeches and a debate, but the boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and a whole bunch more to do. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November of this year, but you should reserve your berth now. The, uh, the, the ship has actually reached blue status, which apparently is worse than yellow status, or, or I guess it's not worse. Worse isn't the right term. Fewer rooms are in blue status than there are in yellow status, so we're getting very close on certain types of rooms. It's cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. It'll be a lot of fun. I just talked to Stefan Molyneux about this today, and he's excited. Um, you know, Obviously, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's cruise.freetalklive.com. We're uh, back here with AJ listening and hibbing up uh, in Minnesota to WNMT. AJ, you're still with us? Yeah. All right. So you'd asked a question regarding uh, you know, this utopian society. Is there anything that we can point to uh, perhaps around the world now or maybe in the past 
that has existed like what we advocate on this program? Right. So um, I guess the short answer to that is no. Um, that essentially that since agra- the, uh, the, the advent of agrarianism, so you're talking 5,000 years ago, maybe more, um, that slavery became the, the most expeditious way that they could understand to properly do mass farming. So that's where it sort of started. Um, you know, they've, prior to that, slavery didn't make as much sense. It's just a, slaves cost money to uh, upkeep, and they're not particularly good workers. And since then, um, you, you know, slavery has just diminished. It hasn't gone away. Right. We're still trying to get off the farm, basically. Yeah, you know, the government considers you their slave. Um, you know, that's why they tax your labor. You know, they, when you work, they take 30, 50, 60, 70 percent of it through taxes of one form or another. And that's, you know, that's what they do. So they are your master. You are their servant. That's how they see it. So essentially, this has never been done. And we're not advocating utopia. Uh, The free market isn't utopia. It's just the most humane way for humankind to interact with one another. And that is on a consensual basis. There are still going to be aggressors. There are still going to be problems. There are still going to be things that need to be solved and new problems that will come up uh, as a result. But, you know, all we're suggesting here is that the way to solve these problems isn't through the threat of violence uh, isn't through threatening everybody and forcing them to pay money into a monopoly system. Oh, I, I agree with all pretty much what you just said, but I'm I'm thinking back to the hippie um, communes that didn't, you know they just never quite worked out for the reasons of you know um, you know ma- um, humans. Have you killed, have you ever been on a commune? No, I haven't. Okay. Now, I've never lived on a commune before, but I've known people. I've been on communes. I've known uh, people who've lived on communes. And the reason why communes don't tend to work out, although there are some that claim to have been around for decades, and so some are probably working better than others, but the reason why communes don't tend to work out very well is because of, well, the problems with communal living. Human uh, the, nature. <laughs> the work yeah. human nature gets in the way of the ideals of communism. But if people want to engage in communal living, that's their choice. I have no problem with that. If you want to live in a commune, then you go ahead and live in a commune. Just don't force everybody else to live in a commune. It's the force that really creates the problems in this world. Yeah, there's there's some examples of societies that have existed in the past and actually exist now. There's uh, some group of people, and you know their name escapes me in Southeast Asia, somewhere near the uh, tribal community, maybe. Yeah, it's it's basically that um, you know where you sort of have elders and things like that. So they don't have an official government system. I'm sure they visit. Visit violence upon their neighbors in order to get what they want. This is a this is a relatively common thing to do in in sort of you know humans. That's uh, what you, they do. Are you, are you familiar with the story of um, Pitcairn Island and the mutineers? Yeah, this is the, uh, the the mutineers of the bounty. And what happened? You know how it disintegrated, and you know they were going to build that um, really utopian society in a new land where no one else lived. And um, I vaguely recall it from reading it uh, fifteen years ago or something yeah, like that. When, I, I, I couldn't say. It. When they found the survivors, when, um, a ship finally um, discovered Pitcairn Island, and they found the survivors. Well, they told the story of what happened, and it was pretty. pretty it turned into pretty much a brutal, bloody, um, um, you know, warfare between them, uh, all the, the groups. <laughs> Didn't uh, th- then they took them home and executed them, right? No, no, the no, the mutineers had long been dead. Okay. The, um, These were the people that were left to set set sort of uh, afloat. The bounty, um, when they left um, Tahiti, they sailed until they found this island, Pitcairn, which is way out in the South Pacific somewhere, and was uninhabited. And 
they settled there, and I, don't, I forget how many were there, but it pretty much turned into a bloody um, tribal warfare between the different groups. Yeah, you know, if people don't approach that, this is the first task of any uh, of folks in the, the sort of liberty movement is education. Is um, you know, we're taking we're trying to take a step forward in human evolution, which is that not we're not just going to do away with chattel slavery where one person owns another person. We're going to do away with slavery entirely, where one where a group of people claims to own another group of people. But until the slaves are ready to claim their own freedom. Right. Then it wouldn't make sense to just uh, you know right. Look at the, look at the sla- slave revolt in uh, Haiti. You would think that those folks would uh, have figured out that uh, you know that that you don't want a coercive uh, monopoly, but um, you know they they didn't come into anything like that. I think there's no way we're ever going to be able to get everybody. And by the way, thanks AJ for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. I think there's never going to be any way to get everybody on board with the idea of wanting freedom. But if we get enough people on board with it, uh, and then everybody is set free. Those people who still want to be enslaved, I'm sure, will be able to find some sort of control freak that they can sign up with to have them tell them how to live. Oh, I need to be uh, given instructions as to what to do and uh, told how to go, uh, where to go, and and what to do. Please uh, let me hire someone to tell me this. Uh, they, I'm sure those services will exist because the control freaks aren't going to go away. The, those people are still going to exist. And I think that as we bring more liberty-minded people together into the same place, ideally here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, then the control freaks will become more and more frustrated because, well, it sucks to be on the side of, of doing wrong. I mean, ultimately, that's what they're doing. They think they're doing right. They have the best of intentions, many of them, and I think many of them are very nice people in their personal lives, my, having many interactions with uh, the people in government. And I wouldn't go so far as to say all people in government are control freaks, but there are some. And But they think they're doing what's right, and they're not. And so the more people that are around to show them that they're not doing what's right, they're, they're either going to change their mind eventually, or they're going to be so frustrated with the, the liberty activism that they're surrounded with constantly, they're just going to go find somewhere else that's more friendly to control-minded uh, people. They're going to go to New York or Massachusetts or something like that, because at some point it's just going to be easier for them to leave rather than continue to have to deal with all these freedom-minded people right. uh, getting in their business. I'm not asking to be able to control the actions of other people i'm only asking to be free to you know do what i want to do as long as i don't harm someone else mm-hmm. that's all i'm asking for and the government can't stand that request yeah. they cannot they cannot brook it for a moment now you know why in the world that in this experiment in democracy there can't be one small chunk of the united states that's left for people that want liberty but that's not how it works. The bureaucrats, government expands. Government wants yep. to get – it's invasive. And somebody will always – you know, you, you let government get its little tiny toe in the front door, and it will just grow and grow and grow until it eats everybody out of the house, and then it will beat you over the head and tell you you're a bad person for not feeding it. So as far as there being an example out there, the examples are multitudinous. However, they're not all ever in one place. Yeah, the so, West, the West in the United States was, um, you know, largely a, a you know a free market situation in a lot of ways. Um, you, there's a sort of medieval Iceland is a good example. There's, a, you know, like I said, the Southeast Asian, the Southeast Asian group. But you can only ever look at different areas in certain, like you said, in a lot of ways, maybe, but never all as a whole, never all as you know the ideal of what we're searching for. What 
what we're looking for has never been accomplished before and that I know of in human in humanity. Right. These uh, ideas are frankly quite new. Yeah. I mean, even the founding fathers of the United States didn't have them fleshed out entirely. Right. These ideas really didn't come to the surface until mid to late 20th century. I mean, they're only a few decades old. There's a toll-free number here for you. It's 800-259-9231. You can take control in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are coming up. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know that crap's going to kill you, right? There's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack a day smoker will save $120 a month and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth. No smell. No secondhand smoke. You could use it just about anywhere. Free shipping on orders over $60 and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Call 855 to get vapor or go to Vaporsmiths.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And joining you tonight, by the way, it's Ian. And Mark. Oh, and if you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do so by promoting us over at promote.freetalklive.com. That's where you get a list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world. So uh, promote.freetalklive.com, flyers, web banners, graphics, it's all there. It's all free. Promote.freetalklive.com. Back to the issue of national service. It's a scary one because the idea is to force you... If you're a young person, to work for the government. Or if you're a parent, to force your kids to work for the government. And some people have proposed forcing everybody to work for the government, but that seems to be a little politically unfeasible just because it would be a very difficult thing for them to uh, to achieve. It's a lot easier for them to go after the kids because they've already got them. They've got them in their government schools. Most people in America, most kids in America, with the exception of the children of politicians and people that can afford uh, to send their kids to private school. Then again, there's also homeschoolers, and that's pretty affordable. But for the most part, it's probably like 90% of kids go to the, the government schools in this country. So the government already has them. They've got them for eight hours a day or however many hours a day that the school operates. And so it's easy for them to uh, to then use that existing system to force these kids into this national service concept where they will perhaps work for an entire summer for AmeriCorps or uh, some Can other you imagine corps. how worthless a high school student that's forced to do something in order to graduate is um, and and working for the government is. I mean, I just I I can only uh, I'm stunned at how uh, how dumb this idea is. Well, I mean, yeah, I see where you're coming from. Most but- high school students have not had jobs because the government has made it incru- in- very difficult for employers to employ somebody under the age of 18. Uh, even more difficult for somebody under the age of 16. Mm-hmm. And th- so the the first job that a high school student is going to get likely is going to be a three month government program. Yep. Let's let's not forget that bureaucrats aren't exactly known for their uh, work ethic, their customer service, and their uh, you know speedy uh, carrying out of of duties. Sounds perfect for a teenager, right? <laughs> so you're going, I mean, these kids are going to be cost more money to take care of than they're ever going to produce at anything. 
Well, there's that. And then there's also the idea that these kids are going to be indoctrinated even more so into the world of bureaucracy. I mean, they already go to school and they're already being taught that government solves problems. And now they're going to be shown that, hey, kids, you could work for the government. Imagine this. You're only getting 10 bucks an hour here working for AmeriCorps or packing boxes or building picnic tables or whatever the heck it is that they have them do uh, or sitting around. I, I wonder how much of their time is sitting around just because I'll, of the fact they're bureaucrats. I'll tell you, when I worked for the government uh, mowing lawns for the, the the town of Lake Wales or whatever it was mm-hmm. in uh, in Florida because I was you know lent there from the, the prison where I was incarcerated right. – I think we mowed grass maybe two hours out of the day. I mean, I don't really? know. Really? I don't know what in they Florida. There's plenty of grass around to mow. Well, we only mowed certain. We had to, uh, you know, mow the the public parks and things like that. If you can imagine wow, running man. a mower through a public park, you're picking up, uh, you know, broken glass and bullet casings and throwing mm-hmm. them all over the place. Um, you know, but but we didn't. Sp- the The officer that ran the crew would have to be out in the sun while we were out, uh, you know, mowing and weed mm-hmm. eating. So therefore, you know, you'd, so what was most of your day spent doing? Yeah, there's a, there was different uh, places that there were different sort of hangouts. Mm-hmm. So um, you know the the officer would go in and and chat with uh, you know whatever bureaucrat um, in one hangout, and then we'd kind of sit around in, in this right. area, and then he'd go to another hangout. And Presumably, this would be similar because uh, you you are dealing with people who to some extent have been conscripted. Uh, I mean, they are they for the most part are forced to go to the government schools because if you are a parent, you don't send your kid to the government school, and you're not begging them and showing them that you've oh please let me homeschool my child here's my curriculum and i'm going to do all these things and i'm going to tell you exactly what i'm doing with my homeschooling and etc if you're not doing that then they uh, consider you a criminal and they'll put you the parent in a jail cell usually that's a state government not a federal government issue just to be clear no doubt but i'm just saying you're forced essentially to have your kids going to these schools indeed and so when your kids are in these schools they're going to be forced into going to this program where they're going to be, you know, work doing whatever for the government, and inevitably there will be some administrator who will be going around and mm-hmm. checking on the kids, a to task make sure master. They're, they're sure. doing their stuff. So it's sure. probably going to be very similar. And so anyway, this is what's coming. And Clear Channel's out there uh, promoting this. They're going to be beginning on August 29th and running through September 11th. Their 850 Clear Channel radio stations will join forces to support the 9/11 Day Observance National Public Service Campaign entitled "I Will." The on-air spots, which will feature celebrities and military veterans, aim to raise awareness of the 9-11 Day Observance, activate listeners to visit the official website for the observance, 911day.org, and post voluntary pledges to engage in charitable service or good deeds in tribute to the 9-11 victims and survivors and those that rose in service in response to the attacks nearly a decade ago. And I had, I actually did, uh, inspired by you, Mark, I went ahead and I posted my little I will thing here on the government's uh, website or the 911day.org website. I said, I will speak out against the real terrorists, the U.S. federal government and the state governments. And no, they, sure, haven't, sure they, haven't pulled, they haven't pulled it down yet. You can go and post whatever you want there. It's been three hours since I posted that, and there have only been about nine posts since then. So it's relatively low traffic. It's not terribly active. Well, and that's why when I went out and looked around because I, I saw, okay, well, if Clear Channel's out promoting this, if Clear Channel's jumping on board with this and 850 radio stations are going to be promoting this concept, there must be some other news about this. 
And so I did a news search on Google for national service. There's nothing, nothing out there. Nothing really out there. Nobody's nobody's talking. It. Time Magazine isn't pimping it right now like they used to. They had a headline. Time Magazine loves the idea yes. of a draft. They, they want have. a draft so bad that it's uh, that they're salivating. A national over. service draft. And this, this is, is exactly, a new draft. Right. Understood. But, they won't call it a draft. Well, but that's what it's going to be. That's this. This is the part that people don't really get. Is that they're going? They're going to say, well, you know, you got to be in, in, you know, for a year or two, and we'll let you work for the government. Well, then those government programs are going to get full. So the only thing left is going to be the military. That's what they really want. Let's go to Jay, listening in Indy to WXNT. Jay, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Ian and Mark. Uh, three quick points. I know we're running out of time. Go for it. Number one, you know it's going to be a really dark corner that we turn when the kids start coming back from summer camp, learning how to serve and work, and they say, Mom, Dad, that was really cool. There are these iron gates, and it says, Arbeit macht Fry the gate of this. Uh, number two, a name I'd like to drop to you guys real quick. Uh, John Taylor Gatto. Yes. Um, you know, awesome thoughts about education, and I like the question that he begs is, why since after the Civil War have we decided that we're going to turn over our children to the government for 12 years, the most formidable, formative 12 years of their life, for eight hours a day? John Taylor Gatto actually is uh, – he's got a great website, johntaylorgatto.com, G-A-T-T-O, johntaylorgatto.com, where he actually offers, I think, at least one of his books completely free, and it's great info. Yeah, I started uh, reading it. Like He started putting like excerpts and chapters up like six or seven years ago, and I think it's the same book we're probably talking about. Yeah, he talks about uh, uh, freedom in the area of education, and he was the teacher of the year for New York State or something like that. Yeah, so, New York, and then he actually renounced it, and I think that made like the f- front page of the Wall Street Journal of all places. So, give me your um, third point. The, okay, and the third point um, was is that um, you know I don't really care about the political party, but right after the 2008 election, out here in India, on a lot of our um, AM or the AM station that I listen to you guys on, I noticed that they started running more and more government ads or ads about especially selective service mm. i mean there's one now on there constantly about yep. once or twice a week of like if you're a young man it's the law you know you have to register by the time when you turn 18 you know and or else you know because you're eligible for all these benefits and yep. and it this kind of creeps me out it is creepy and i've been creeped out by that for a while i've and i've heard them for a long time Probably what you're hearing is the radio station doesn't have its ads sold out, and so they're probably running what are called the ad council spots. But the ad council has been pushing the uh, selective service spots recently. For the last decade, selective service spots have been very noticeable to me uh, on the radio, and they are definitely yeah. you know doing their best to keep that that thing running and keep kids scared uh, and forcing them to or you know intimidating them into filling out a draft card because that that whole thing's ready to rock and roll. All they have to do is flip a switch and the draft board comes the draft boards come back and the draft is back online i mean it's that whole, the selective service has been operating ever since the draft was eliminated yeah i guess you know my final point i mean i made my three there but i guess you know as a homeschooler i haven't gotten to the point yet you know i'm pretty forgiving you know money whatnot but when it comes to my kids I'm almost ready to say, like King Leonidas said at the Battle of Thermopylae, you want my kids? Come and get them. 
Thanks no, for the call I mean, tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. I would hope that you'd get the heck out of there and come to New Hampshire and join up with other homeschoolers before you make a stand like that. We'll see, we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Get together with others who love liberty and stay peaceful, and it'll work out. Free Talk Live. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right, it's another edition of the the Edgington Post show here on uh, Free Talk Live, and um, you know this is Mark Edge with you, and I've got with me today Jacob Hornberger. Jacob, you there? Yep. Now, Jacob, the reason that I, I have you on so often is that uh, I'm on your email list for the uh, the Future of Freedom Foundation's uh, email update. I get this thing on a, on a daily basis, and um, I think it usually it shows up in my box probably somewhere in the, the, the noontime, I guess. And, you know, so I have a personal relationship with the Future of Freedom Foundation, and I find the articles over there to be to be so motivating. And um, and obviously, this is a free email update that everybody can get. But there was one recently on uh, sort of uh, the war on terror. And I wanted to uh, get you on to talk about that, because I think this is such an important um, topic these days. Yeah. Um, uh, first of all, our email update is free for the asking. And, you know, what we've tried to do with it for the last oh, four or five years is to make it just one of the best, if not the best, libertarian newsletters, daily newsletters, which is really an op-ed page or an editorial page on the Internet. And uh, part of those, I mean, we address everything, foreign policy, the drug war, the welfare state, and we link to articles in the mainstream press that take libertarian positions, very pure libertarian positions. Um, and so part of this is, is the war on terrorism, which we have been you know, talking about for you know, the last 10 years or so. And... Uh, our position has stayed consistent throughout that, that, you know, that Americans have to look at what the U.S. government has done uh, overseas uh, in order to examine the motives behind this, the terrorist uh, potential, the possibility of terrorist attacks, the reality of terrorist attacks. And we've said, even before 9-11, we said, look, you've got to stop doing these things. You've got to stop the interventions, the support of the dictatorships, the sanctions, the embargoes, all this stuff. Um, because otherwise the anger and the rage rises among people, and then a small group of that people comes and starts retaliating. And I think finally, you know, that was a hard sell after 9-11 because people misconstrued it and said, oh, you're blaming America and all that nonsense. But now we've noticed that there's, there's a sea change taking place. We're getting a lot of donors that we lost around that time. They're starting to realize, hey, you guys have been right the whole time. This, the root of this problem is the U.S. government. And time to rein in this this uh, interventionist imperialist foreign policy you know yeah this is um I've noticed the same thing, uh, Jacob. I've uh, I'm always tempted to call you Bumper. That's your sort of uh, nickname. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so I've I've noticed the same thing too. On Free Talk Live, we used to on a regular basis sort of confront the war on terror. Uh, not only am I a libertarian, but I'm a Quaker. I think that the uh, the very first step towards peace 
freedom and prosperity that we can have in the world is to first stop killing people around the world. And that's my, you know, so that's the, to me the number one place to be. And it's not just the war on terrorism, as you said. It's just foreign policy as it's been in the United States since, frankly, the 30s. Um, and, Frank, it, it, you know what? If you talk about the Philippines since the 1890s, um, you know, the United States decided it wanted to be in an imperial power because all the other powers were imperial powers. So we got to be one, too. And then all of them stopped. The United States kept it up. It's slightly different than imperialism, but not much. And we talk, we've talked about this th- throughout the years. We've been on, on the air for, for 10 years, and it used to just make the jingoists insane. They'd call in. They'd talk about how we hate America and how we uh, – had to th- take all the Muslims, throw them into concentration camps, and I mean, just the most insane stuff. Which, by the way, makes for pretty good radio. But um, we don't get that as much in the recent past. It seems like the United States is saying, you know, I guess if it wasn't principle that stopped them, it's the lack of money that seems to be slowing down the war machine. Well, that's right, and it's reality. I, I think all these neocons and pro-empire, pro-intervention people are exhausted. I mean, look, they've had their, their game for 10 years now. They've occupied these two countries, Iraq and Afghanistan, and now they've expanded to Libya and Pakistan and Yemen. And, and, uh, Don't forget Somalia. All for what? And where? Somalia. <laughs> uh, Somalia? Yeah, I mean, and what has it brought us as a country? I mean, they keep telling us that, that al-Qaeda is about uh, devastated, but they tell us again in the same breath that the war on terrorism is just getting a good start. Well, th- you know, this is not a normal way of life, Mark, as you well know. Th- this is not the kind of way of life the framers had in mind, where there's color codes and pat-downs and groping at the airports and, and patriot acts and uh, enemy combatant incarcerations and torture. This, this is really an aberrant way of life. And so what we've said from the very beginning, uh, the, the libertarian movement, the Future of Freedom Foundation, is look at what your government's doing. And, and these people, you're right, that said, oh, you must hate America and stuff. What they were doing is conflating America with the federal government. Yeah. They, they couldn't conceive of the possibility that the federal government and America are two separate entities, the private sector and the government sector, and that it was in, important for the private sector to stand up against the public sector if, if the public sector was doing something wrong. And uh, – We've hung in there, we've stood fast, and I think finally people are starting to realize that, you know what, the federal government has been wrong in here, and that if you just dismantle this empire, you end these occupations, bring the troops home, discharge them, get rid of this great big military empire machine, the military-industrial complex that Eisenhower warned us about, then all of a sudden you're going to start going back to a normal way of life. There's no more terrorist threats. No more big military, no more privacy violations at the airports. Everybody starts living a nice, peaceful, harmonious, free market kind of life. You know, uh, they, in, in Washington, D.C., the uh, Congress critters are uh, you know discussing how they can cut the budget. It's a relatively simple operation. Now, they've, they've wasted much time, but, you know, just put the troops in all 130 
nations, 130 plus nations and a thousand military bases in 130 nations around the world on anything that produces smoke and send them towards the United States. And you'll and, and you know, bring the things that aren't nailed down and didn't just leave the things that are. Don't worry, the folks in those countries will figure out what to do with them. And, I mean, it's not like they're worth anything anymore. You can't have a, a yard sale for a, a Quonson hut in uh, Liberia. Um, nobody wants it. <laughs> they'll they'll, they'll pay, you, pay you a couple of fish heads for it over there. Um, you know, just put them on something and bring them back to the United States. But let half of them go back to work. There are jobs out there. I know the unemployment's high in the United States, but uh, the fact is we just read a story on Free Talk Live recently where 11,000 jobs of uh, agricultural jobs in uh, Georgia are going unfilled because, well, they're they're not letting uh, they they've become more restrictive on uh, uh, immigrants and stuff like that coming in here. So there's jobs out there. Americans just don't want them. Um, and you know, if you stop these benefits, uh, these uh, social welfare program benefits that seem to uh, keep people from working, um, and you'll you'll have people at work relatively quickly. Well, we see this phenomenon like at the end of the big wars, like World War Two where all of a sudden it looks like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be catastrophic. We're dumping all these soldiers on the free market. Well, it's the best thing you could ever do, because then you have a double positive effect. Not only are these troops no longer draining money out of the taxpayers' pockets, so the taxpayers now get to keep with that wealth, but now you've got soldiers producing wealth instead of you know sucking wealth out of people's pockets. Yeah. So they, they actually create their own. Uh, jobs and so forth with the pros- the double prosperity that comes about from that phenomenon. I have heard numbers as high as $200 for a gallon of diesel fuel in Afghanistan because of what it takes to get it over there and all that other stuff. And they use this at a phenomenal rate. They're they're using air conditioners, they're running air conditioners on generators for tents in Afghanistan. So I can only imagine that that's a lot of diesel fuel at $200 a gallon. Um, I mean, just imagine if that wasn't happening. And then you have these guys out there working and in different jobs, the ones that, uh, the ones whose minds aren't wrecked from uh, from killing and, and being shot at, um, you know, you've you've got them out there and, and women too producing something in the in the marketplace. Then you know that'd be a huge boon for the economy. Oh, it'd be tremendous. And then you you, you rely on the concept of citizen soldiers, people that are well trained, ready to come to the defense of their country when it when it's a real defense, not going and occupying foreign countries and so forth. But you're absolutely right. This is a no-brainer. I mean, you know, these people in Washington, they're like the millionaire who has lost his fortune and and can't confront that. He's, he keeps yeah. spending as if he were still a millionaire. <laughs> there's, a, there's a show of uh, this this uh, red-headed gal from uh, the, the, the royalty in, in England, uh, Fergie, uh, Princess Ferguson or something like that she was at one point. I, I don't know what her title is. But my wife is uh, – I've seen on one of the channels a pre- – promo for uh what my you know on the channel that my wife watches and this gal really has that problem <laughs> like you know she was a princess and now she's not and things are you know what what is her life like confronting not having the money not having the uh the the the, the sort of fame that goes with it and, and i think you're absolutely right it's a great analogy yeah it's traumatic for these people and so what you what they need to do is Okay, if they can't repeal the uh, the big things, which I think they should repeal, like Social Security and Medicare, go for the stuff where you, you need to start making ends meet, guys. And so you bring all the troops home, you close all those bases, you say just abandon them, 
that saves, you know, untold billions of dollars. And then here at home, start abolishing things that can easily be abolished. Reagan used to talk about the um, abolishing the Department of Energy, Education, Commerce. Abolish these things. And uh, the drug war. I mean, it's a no-brainer. This thing's yeah. gone on for 40 years. But these guys, they want to keep all their socialist projects, all their interventionist projects, their regulatory projects, their imperialist projects. They don't realize that they don't have the money to do all this anymore. Right, and they want to threaten people's, uh, you know, the, the the poorest of people's sort of, uh, you know, stipends that they get. Instead of going after the programs where the 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 true fat can be cut, they want to say, "Oh, well, Social Security checks aren't going to go out." Well, th- that's not true. They're they're saying that uh, you know it's forty three percent or something of the budget is uh, is um, you know sort of going on the credit card. That means that 57% of it isn't. And so there's 57% of the money with which one can do something with. Cut out the 43% of the government that's fat, um, that uh, that can be cut out. This is, you know, that's, the politicians just want to make it seem really scary for folks. Well, that's what they always do. You know, when they got to cut, they cut, go and cut the things that they know will upset the people the most yeah. so that they don't cut anything. That's exactly uh, but, right. you know, you know, but I think I think as libertarians, we really need to keep challenging people at a very fundamental philosophical level with that basic question of what should be the role of government in a free society. And so many people are scared to challenge Social Security and Medicare. And to me, these are the crown jewels of the socialistic welfare state. This was the turning point, really the big turning point for America. And um, I think we need to challenge that, that whenever they say, oh, you guys just want to kill Social Security and Medicare, my answer is absolutely. I mean, these are destructive programs. They, they've created a mindset of dependency. They're not charity. They're anti-family values to the max. They've destroyed our health care system. Medicare has. Uh, doctors are leaving in droves because of the junk they've produced. And I think we just need to take the battle right to them philosophically and say, these programs are not only not authorized by the Constitution, they're just not part of what a free society is all about. A free society is uh, free market and health care. It's voluntary charity. It's honoring your mother and father on a voluntary basis rather than through the coercive apparatus of government. And then, of course, challenge the, the foreign empire concept in favor of a constitutional republic. Now, uh, you know, I've, I, I agree with what you're saying philosophically. I, I guess what um, for me, you know, I don't, I don't really know enough about Medicare and, and even trying to come up with how to un, unravel that particular ball of uh, crap. But um, <laughs> I, I would, Social Security seems kind of tough. There are people out there who sadly have not planned their lives around, um, you know, uh, you know, they they haven't planned putting money away. They haven't maintained good relationships with their children, um, and some of them, you know, so they're they're counting on this pittance that the government throws their way every uh, month. Um, and it's you know, it's it's sad, but it's it's the truth for probably millions of Americans. I couldn't say how many. How do you unwind it? I mean, what, what do you, does the Future of Freedom uh, Foundation have a policy for saying, you know, this is how we would undo Social Security? Yeah. What is we it? We would just repeal it. Repeal it immediately. I mean, you know, we, we, we have total confidence in a free society that freedom really works. Okay. A lot of wealthy people are on Social Security. They yep. don't need the money. They don't. So it's just wasted. Yeah. And then there's, there's a lot of people that can still work. 
If they haven't provided for themselves, there's nothing wrong with working at 70 years old. I see people, you know, in the department stores and stuff that are 70 working. Yep. And uh, that's just the way life is. I mean, you know, take it up with, with the creator or something. But life means if you got to work, then you got to work. And uh, for the truly needy that are sitting in the cancer ward, they can't do anything. Yeah, they rely on their family, uh, their children. If, if not their children, their brothers, their sisters, their uncles church groups, the community, foundations for their for – the, how about the foundation for the former Social Security recipients that need help, where people are donating to this. But this is what real life is all about, Mark. It's about voluntary charity. It's about taking care of people and, and, and it's people relying on themselves. This is the insidious part of Social Security, is that it has convinced so many Americans that they could never live without it. I have no doubts that if Social Security were repealed today, everybody would adjust very quickly. Yep. And think how much money would be sitting in the pockets of young people. Think well, all that Social Security tax is taken out of your money. That's a lot of money that people can, children can use to help their parents out. And people could use, you know, I mean, the fact is that people care about old people being taken care of. I mean, that's one of the things that people care about. That's why Social Security is popular to some extent, because people care about that issue. But obviously the government is a terrible institution at uh, handling uh, things like this. So once people had that additional 15%, which is what Social Security gets, it's uh, 7.5 from you and then 7.5 from your employer. And by that I mean that's what the employer pays to keep you around, so it's essentially part of your paycheck even if you don't see it anyway. Um, so you get an additional 15%, likely, the employer would uh, you know, push it your way because they're already paying it to you. Then what do, you, what does the, what do they do with that uh, 15%? Some of them would give some of it, if not all of it, towards charities that took care of old people. Exactly. Or if they have an elderly parent that needs some help, that money is available from, you know, three or four or five kids or from the church groups or the, the neighbors. And I mean, you know, the thing is about Americans, we grew up in a culture of voluntary charity. There was no Social Security before the 30s. People look to each other to handle these problems on a voluntary basis, and I think that's what we need to recapture is that sense of, yeah, I believe in myself, but I also believe in other people. You know, how many times have I heard somebody say, well, I would help, I know I would, but no one else would? And liberals say that, too. They don't even believe in their fellow liberals. (laughs) Well, if you count up the number of people in America that say, I would help, but no one else would, you already got a few hundred million right there. Yeah, um, it, it absolutely. The, num- the numbers make sense. Uh, I can uh, you know, run them on down later, but we're, uh, we're, we're up against the clock here, Jacob. Tell people how they can uh, get your uh, email update that I get on a daily basis and uh, read and enjoy. Yeah, drop us an email at fff.org. Go to our, um, our uh, website there. Tell, uh, send us an email saying you'd like to sign up. Uh, like I say, I think it's if not the best, one of the best libertarian op-ed editorial pages on the Internet. Be in your mailbox every day, six days a week, and uh, I think people will really like it. Indeed. Bart, Bart Frazier over there will make sure you uh, get, get it to you. Yeah, you can send it to bfraser at fff.org, the request. <laughs> He's our program director. He'll hand, give you a very good special treatment. I, uh, I see Bart at so many different uh, events and stuff. We've become friends over the years. <laughs> Jacob, thanks for your time today. Oh, Mark, my pleasure. Thank you. It's, it's an honor to be on your show. It's man. always great, great to great have work. you on. You're, you're a great guest. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Bye-bye. Bye.
When you're planning your move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, consider Keene. Civil disobedience, politics, media, outreach, and social events. Keene has it all. Get connected with video, audio, our forum, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.